This is Up for Debate presents Shaken, Not Stirred, Six Decades of James Bond in Film. Tonight, episode number 146, recorded May 16th, 2019. Chapter 7, Daniel Craig in Quantum Casino of Spectrefall. Your file shows no kills, Bond. But to become a double O, it takes two. How did he die? Your contact? Not well. You needn't worry. The second is... Yes. Considerably. If he loses this game, he'll have nowhere to run. You're the best player in the service. The Treasury has agreed to stake you in the game. But if you lose, our government will have directly financed terrorism. I will be keeping my eye on our government's money. And off your perfectly formed house. You noticed. This man and I have some unfinished business. The first thing you should know about us is that we have people everywhere. What the hell is this organization, Bond? How can they be everywhere and we know nothing about them? This is the world's most precious resource. We need to control as much of it as we can. Name check, Dominic Green. He's a person of extreme interest. We've already begun destabilizing the government. You know who Green is and you want to put us in bed with him. Yeah, you're right. We should just deal with nice people. 007 reporting for duty. Where the hell have you been? Enjoying death. I only have one question. Why not stay dead? There's no shame in saying you've lost a step. Just look at you. Chasing spies. England. And my sex. She sent you after me, not when you're not ready, not when you would likely die. Mommy was very bad. The two survivors, this is what she made us. Everybody needs a hobby. So what's yours? Resurrection. So what's going on, James? They say you're finished. What do you think? I think you're just getting started. You're protecting someone. Get away from me! Why should I trust you? Because right now, I'm your best chance of staying alive. This organization, do you know what it's called? Its name is Spectre. And do you know who links them all? Me. Welcome, James. You came across me so many times, yet you never saw me. What took you so long? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to our continuing Up for Debate Presents. I am Sean Jennings, joined by a man who can't decide if he'd rather be in Quantum or Spectre. It is Mr. Matt Mariani. Hello, Matt. <laughs> Sean, I'm, I'm glad you uh, you brought out the two um, elephants in the room so so quickly, so early. Yeah, which organization do you think? Which, which, which do you think you would fit in better with? Sean, I, I have to say, I'm just going to say Spectre. I'm going to say Spectre mm. just because it... Like what? What do you see me as? A Spectre person or a Quantum person? I well, well, that's a good question. The problem with Spectre is it's Blofeld's show, and the thing about Quantum is, from what we know about it, assuming, of course, they retcon it later to be part of Spectre, but assume they're unrelated. 
In Quantum, it doesn't seem like any one person is really in charge. It seems like they all kind of worked. So I think you would have more individual uh, freedom and, you know, involvement in the organization in Quantum, whereas Inspector, you're just doing whatever Blofeld tells you to do. He's got that with an iron grip. He does. He does. But he's also got kind of, he's got lots of experience on his side. That's true. If you want to get shit done, you can't go wrong with Blofeld. Yeah. I, I I always thought that that little that little introduction of quantum was interesting because like right before Spectre, it's like why did it? I don't it know. We'll get, I, I'm sure we'll get into it in our discussion today. But Matt, we have so much to talk about do. tonight. We have a, we have a lot of ground to cover and here. I know but... you have a lot of opinion on these. I have a lot of opinion on these tonight. Yeah, chapter seven. Confusing. Finally, our final four films. Daniel Craig, the man, so nice. They gave him two first names. Um, our new bond, Matt. Yeah. So I guess we'll jump right into it. So we, we concluded our last episode talking about die another day. Um, when we last left off die another day premiered in 2002. Yes. Um, when we last left off, Pierce Brosnan was very excited to do another bond film. It was going to be his fifth bond film, but he was only on a four film contract originally. Right. He was he was on a four film contract, but I I believe that the producers were like really excited about mm-hmm. giving him like a fifth Bond film, and he was gonna be like he was gonna do one more Bond film and then probably call it quits after that. But suddenly we get this this um kind of abrupt ousting of of Brosnan as Bond. Uh, Brosnan kind of goes along with it. He's kind of like, look, um, you know, it happened to Connery too. Uh, he was kind of at the end of his of his days as Bond and, and, um, you know, I, I know when to bow out too. He was very classy about it. Very, very British and very classy about the whole thing. Uh, if I remember right. Um, now we, we've kind of entered the Bond era where we have a little bit of a benefit of, this is kind of the era where we, where we grew up as, as, um, sure. we were you know, young, young teens and mm-hmm. stuff. And we, yeah. So I, I mean, what do you remember from the, from the Bond film? Cause I could, I could, I, from this Bond, like, era i guess what what is what's something that I, you probably weren't a, a big bond if the, i, if I have to in, make a guess are you saying then. the entire daniel craig era just at the very start the very like start when you, when you heard do you remember where you were do you remember <laughs> where you were when daniel craig i mean the world the James stopped bond? matt i mean really everyone just froze i remember frantically rushing to to the windows to shout out to the city daniel craig is here <laughs> Um, no, I didn't give a shit about James Bond at that point, to be completely honest. I really, that's what I figured. Now, Casino Royale was the first Bond film I saw in theaters. Um, but I, and I knew Pierce Brosnan was the previous Bond, but I did not care that it was a different guy. My, my interest in Bond at this point was probably 1%. I mean, not, not really existent. Okay. That's fair. So what I remember, Sean, is very – it's very strange. I remember the first reaction from a lot of people being that they, they freaked out because Daniel Craig's hair color was blonde. Mm. And people freaked out because the new James Bond was blonde. I remember, I remember even my own dad, my own father, being like – this guy looks more, and I, and I quote him. He said, "This guy looks more like a Bond villain 
than a Bond actor. I kind of got what he meant. Like, mm-hmm. I understood what he meant. Like, I mean, the first thing I thought of was Red Grant, the villain from uh, from Russia with Love. He would make a good Bond villain. I never thought of that. But Daniel Craig? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like, yeah, sure. He, he'd make a great Bond villain. Uh, so I kind of – I guess I kind of fell into that, like, anti-blonde Bond propaganda at the time. Like, I, I, I admit, I, I, I probably joined the wave of, like, this guy is not my hashtag not my bond, I guess. But yeah, but um, it, but it's not like all the other bonds were the same dude. I mean, yeah, they were all white dudes, but they no, weren't like I mean, identical. I, I definitely, I mean, looking back on it, and I, and like as we go through the movies, spoiler alert, I I definitely changed my opinion on it. But just that was like my guttural reaction back yeah, then. I could see and, that, and I, it's weird. It's weird to think about that. Like why? Just because he's blonde, why does that mean that he's not going to be a good bond? Yeah, but but Matt, that's like saying a woman can be a Ghostbuster. It's you know people just don't like change. I I understand. I, I guess it. that's true. I guess it's it's just because it's like there's a beloved character that you kind of like we have see had that an identity all the built time up now, all all years, and and that identity gets changed in a little bit of a way, and it makes you uncomfortable at first. But um, I have to say, as a as a fan of 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 Bond in his in his roots in his in his prime, I got to say that the Craig Bond really um, definitely made an impression on me, like a for for a, a positive way. Um. So I, I mean, I just remember that I just remember that being the hype around it. it sure. It's weird. It's weird to think about now, but anyway, the blonde Bond thing was was a big a big deal. Well, we had had a decade of Pierce Brosnan, so I think any change would have certainly been, especially in a in a high intensity, high budget media environment that two thousand six was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the last so there were there are only four years that separate Die Another Day from um, our our newest film Casino Royale, but. Yeah. Those uh, those four years saw you know the Iraq War. It saw a lot of a lot of changes with the um, uh, the the overall culture. When did I have to Google this? When did um, Batman Begins come out? Oh wow! Without do, do you know the answer? I just I'm looked gonna, it up. I'm going to go ahead and guess. It was it 2008. It was 2005, a year before Ooh, Casino okay. Royale. I think a, a good early example of the sort of grittier films of the mid to late 2000s. There were a lot of gritty films. I mean, that really helped kick off that movement to a certain degree. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's very clear in these movies. That's what you're getting. Um, yeah. Overall, I think I think Craig was more of a direction. I mean, we could talk about this um at length with the with the I mean I'm sure you'll see it with all of these movies but Craig was kind of the definitely the grittier between him and Brosnan the grittier bonds of the 21st century yeah, for sure not your daddy's bond yeah um so we look at we look at Casino Royale in 2006 Sean the first thing that I thought of right mm-hmm Looking back and and um, connecting this movie to 2006, they couldn't have waited another year. Oh, so it was in 2007. Just one more year, it would have been 2007. Like, 
I if I don't know if I were if I were somehow in in charge of my of the production team or like like if I could wave a magic wand and just make it like come out a year later, wouldn't that be kind of neat? Well, like most, 2007, and it came out in November, November of 2006. Right. So just like two months, and you would have been there. Right, you could have. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I I just thought that would be. I don't know how good it would be for marketing, but. Well, but then again, Casino Royale made six hundred million dollars and became the highest-grossing James Bond yeah. film up to that point. So it did just fine. I think they were more interested in making money than the clever year. But I agree with you. <laughs> I think that would have been neat. Would have been kind of clever. Yeah. Yes. Kind of tongue in cheek, like God, oh, 007, the year of Bond. But I guess that's that's all. That's probably the year I'm guessing it came out on DVD. So the way they marketed the DVD was probably the same way they I'm would have. I'm sure they came it up with the year of Bond. I'm sure they did something yeah. very clever. Something like that. Sean, what did you think of this movie? You know, Matt, it's very interesting. As I mentioned, Casino Royale and Skyfall, I saw both in theaters, hadn't seen Quantum of Solace or Spectre before. And my recollection of the two movies I had seen was that I, they were okay, but I didn't really like them that much. They were good enough, but not anything I was really excited about. And I'll focus on Casino Royale for a minute. Scratch that. I'm going to focus on all the movies for a second. I think especially this one, Quantum and Skyfall, for me, are like 75% really good movies. But the 25% that's not good is not is so not good that it detracts from the other 75%. Like, I feel like each movie has a specific flaw that if you just fixed it, it would make a big difference in the final product. So I feel th they're all most of the way there. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah, I, I kind of, I, I definitely follow where you're, where you're coming from with that. Let's yeah. see if we if we come up with the same flaws. Okay, I'm interesting. interesting. Well, yeah. then you you start Casino Royale, right. 2006 reboot of the franchise. So going in, I have to say I I um I love a lot about this movie. Sure, a lot about this movie. Mm -hmm. This is the first movie that um. So I've only I've only read two of the confessions. Um, I've only read two of the original Ian Fleming James Bond novels, mm -hmm. and I've read Casino Royale and Live and Let Die, one and two. So I I loved understanding what was going on. I hadn't read it at the point when the movie came out, but I, I rewatched the film um, shortly after reading the novel, and and I just had like a connection where I like understood. A lot of the plot, and I understood a lot of the characters, mm -hmm. and they were very true to the book. This was, I, I feel like, even not having read all, the entire series, this is one of the movies where they're more true to the book than, um, than I think not true to it. So, so I like that. I loved the, um, the pre-credits intro yes. to this movie. Black really, and white. Really liked it. Flashback so, of sorts. I remember seeing it in theaters and being like kind of kind of surprised that it doesn't open up with that traditional gun barrel that every Bond movie up until this point is opened with. It's mm -hmm. kind of like you're kind of looking for it and you're like, where, wait, what? Like this, there's no gun barrel and it's all in black and white? Like this is very, it was very jarring. Yep. I remember being in the theater and being like, whoa, this is surprising. Like I've seen every Bond movie at, up until that point and it always starts with a gun barrel. It always like starts out with Bond doing something cool. 
and, and it's black and white and it, it it's just like an office building. And then you're, you're like, wait a minute. Am I, I remember having this thought in the theater, like no joke. Like I remember thinking like, am I in the right movie? Like, well, did I, I accidentally go into a different movie? Cause it's, it's, it's very different. Well, it's, and it's, it's even shot kind of differently, which is, yes. it's shot noir style. You're getting more Dutch angles. You're getting more sort of close-ups. It's not shot like a Bond movie. It doesn't feel like a Bond movie, which I think is a really bold choice to start out your, your first Bond movie uh, with Daniel Craig. Right, right. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a good, a good way to, to kind of introduce it. Cause it's, it's not even like, right. It starts with the office building and this guy like going up and like doing his thing and he goes behind a desk and then all of a sudden this guy appears and, and you know, it's bond cause, cause you've heard all the hype and you know, Daniel Craig is, is the new bond and he's like, he's got the guy, he's like sitting juxtaposed to the guy. Um, they have a dialogue and, um, they talk about like, like, you know, I think one of them is like, where's my operative? And if anyway, it flashes to Bond, like going through the the headquarters and and he's in he's in like the, the bathroom and there, and he just likes like he's beating up this guy. And all of a sudden the, um, the, the it cuts to the guy behind the desk and he's like, uh, made you he made you feel it, did he like and, and, and you're like, oh, so this must be Bond's first kill. Uh, and he says, don't worry, the second one, and then Bond shoots him immediately. He like he goes for the drawer or something, but he realizes his gun's not in there. And then, of course, Daniel Craig has the gun, uh, shoots him, and he's like, yes, considerably. Like it's yes. it was yes. second made, kill made is you, considerably. Made you yeah. feel it, did he? Well, you needn't worry. The second is bang. Yes, considerably. Yes, very cool intro. And then it cuts back to the bathroom where Bond is presumably – in the middle of his first kill. What I like about the scene is that it, it really showcases how difficult it is for this rebooted rehashed bond to kill somebody like he's making his first kill. And it's not like we've seen bond all through these, these movies where he just very easily like doesn't really have a problem assassinating people and killing them. And mm -hmm. he, but he's like, it's, it, it's very realistic and, and, and like primal in a way. Where he has to like beat him up and, and it's like a slow go and he's slamming his head into the sink. And I just remember being very like primal in a lot of ways. Um, and then all of a sudden the guy the guy is about to shoot Bond, right? He's like he's got he's on his like last breath. Mm -hmm. and he's gonna shoot Bond, and then Bond like picks up a gun from the floor, shoots him, and there you have the gun barrel. Very cool intro. It's like that classic gun barrel bond and you're like, oh, OK, like I, I am in a bond movie. OK, it makes sense now. Exceptionally well done. Really like the intro scene. Might be the best in the series. We could debate about that, but it's up I don't there know. for sure. No, it's it is. It is up. really well done and very different, which is yes. nice. I like that. Yeah, it was it was a good change of pace, especially I feel like it's a movie that took a reboot seriously. I, like yeah, I, I really would say thought about it. Through Skyfall, I would say, and we'll get to the point, it's interesting, the Daniel Craig movies being a, a continuity of sorts, carrying characters, carrying plots over between them, very rare in the Bond series, um, I feel all the way through Skyfall did a really great job of of setting up, knocking down, and then rebooting um, what they had gone and done. Uh, Matt, is this, maybe you don't know the answer, are, are these supposed to be prequels to the other it's this parallel story. I'm confused if there's a timeline. As far as I understand it, 
this is a complete reboot. So it's supposed to be parallel, unrelated, unrelated. So he's never been married to Tracy in this timeline. No, square one. Okay, and that's why we get a new Blofeld. It's square one. We also kind of get a new Tracy in this, right? With Vesper Lind. Yeah, we get a new Felix with um, and a a brand new Felix lighter. Yeah, because Felix, the great Jeffrey Wright. He gets his leg chewed off with uh, in um, in a uh, license to kill. That's right. So yeah, I, I think it's a it's a tr- it's a very true reboot in in like every sense of it. Where it's it's the it's the character we all know and love, but it's just like kind of a, we hit the reset button, and we get to see him like from the ground up, which we never really see before. Mm-hmm. I mean, even with Doctor No, the first Bond movie, he he is already an established, established. character, yeah. right? So um, in a way, it kind of merges the fields of of prequel with complete reboot. So yeah, um, in that way, I, I really like the movie. Yeah, um, I understand that. So the the Bourne Identity. Let's yes. talk that. Have you ever seen the Bourne Identity as a movie? No. Okay. But I'm familiar with the concept. Okay, so the the Bourne Identity came out in 2002, mm-hmm. uh, and I think this it had a lot of influence on the spy genre oh, as a whole. Massive, utterly yeah. massive. Admittedly, I, I had to go back. I, I watched a couple of YouTube videos about this, but it, it, it makes a lot of sense. Like the born identity redefined the spy genre a, as a, um, a genre of film. It made the kind of the concepts behind filming a spy movie more realistic. Yes. But also action centered. Yes. So you quick have a, cuts, a, up close, handheld, um, all those sort of, you know, really get up in their shots. You right. know, that's that's I, I both I like and don't like. I'll have some future complaints on that. But um, this idea that during an action sequence, it's cut, 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 cut. And you're just trying to keep it as as action focused as possible. Yeah, it, it, it seems like. So what I wrote down on my notes were realistic, action centered, less whimsy. So no this is whimsy. not your. This no is not whimsy. You. Okay, no whimsy. <laughs> Let's better, be clear, right? which really I no have a bit yeah. of beef with, but zero no whimsy. whimsy. No. Yes. As a matter of fact, I think that there's there's only one. I could be wrong about this. I probably am, but there's only one pun I remember from the whole movie, and it's when Bond is poisoned in the casino game. Yes. And he comes back to the table and he says, "Sorry, that last hand almost killed me." Yeah, he, he does like, like one or two good ones per movie. Yeah. Yeah, somebody like slipped something in his drink, which I wrote down is is very unbond. Like, you'd think Bond, would, even early Bond, would watch his drink and make sure it doesn't get poisoned. Like, but no know. one's ever thought to do it before. Like most college kids know know to watch their drink and make yeah, but sure not it in a fancy not in a fancy uh, hotel in high stakes gambling, gambling Montenegro. Yeah. yeah, Montenegro. It's a classy Europe. place. Yeah, the Casino Royale. Um. Yeah, I love the opening. I like how the opening scene has no, there's like no dancing women. There's no like, No, it's finally, let let me be crystal clear on this. The CGI openings of the Pierce Brosnan era are one of the worst things to happen to the Bond franchise, period. All four movies, in my opinion, maybe GoldenEye a little bit is okay. All four are terrible openings. And I think Casino Royale has a great opening. Quantum, Skyfall, Spectre, I'd say they all have pretty good opening. Maybe Spectre's a little on the fence, but I think they all have very good openings. So I think they definitely improved in that in this new millennium. Yeah. 
Agreed. I think that the 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 Craig openings are superior to the Brazen openings. Oh, I, I did. I actually did kind of like World Is Not Enough opening just because it it highlighted the whole thing with the oil. That oil was going to be like an yeah, important thing, but it all but looks it was, so it was, fake. It's like it, bad it CGI. It wasn't. It wasn't well done, and no. that's actually a big problem I had with Quantum. Yes, the effects are terrible. Their intro was bad. Yeah, but I think there are reasons for that, which we'll get into when we touch on the movie. Yeah. But I appreciated that there was no dancing movie. It was just Bond fighting no his women. way. No women. No women in the opening. No, it was. It was just straight up Bond, just like fighting through guys. There was. The card game. I like when the opening like alludes to what's going to happen in the film. So I, I really like the the Bond fighting guys and cards, like the like the the Ace of of Spades, the King of Spades. Yeah, and it was stuff. nicely done. And I liked how the um, it had the zero zero seven, and then that like turns into the computer of like M, presumably inputting like zero like double oh seven status granted. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Because uh, it, it does, it does kind of call back the idea that this is a prequel. This is a um, a reboot, a rehash of the series, like that. Um, but yeah, it was well done. It was a well done opening. I agree. Um, I don't know if you caught this, but in one of the like very first scenes where Bond is in Madagascar, I think where he's like he's like looking at the there's like a cockfight going on. Yes, right like before. Yes, 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 yes. I thought this was kind of neat, so I, I felt like writing it down. Um, Bond has like an inside man, and you could tell he's the inside man number one because he's the only white dude in the in the whole crowd, which yep. is kind of kind of out of place. But um, he's he's like talking to Bond and communicating with him. He's supposed to be he's making it seem like he's part of this like cockfight going on, but he's actually like spying on this one guy who's who's Bond Bond's like uh, target. Mm-hmm. And he, the way he gives, I don't know if you caught this, but the way he gives away his position is exactly by touching his ear. I, I love that line from him. I get your that was finger awesome. out of your ear. Get your finger out of your ear. And then the guy catches onto him and sees that he's like, oh shit, this like, guy what? is spying what? on me. What? And yeah. I thought that was extremely well done because it's, it's like, I don't think any of the earlier Bonds would have done that. No. I, I, I think that Connery's, Connery era Bond would have been perfectly comfortable like having a guy like this and nothing would be said about it. More Bond, I think, would have had a guy like this, nothing would be said about it. Maybe Dalton era would have called it out, but I love how how um It's a great moment. Yeah, and, and, I love and, how the Craig Bond is like it makes it very clear that you're out of place. Like by doing this, you look like you're you're a spy. Like well you're holding your contact to your ear. You're talking to like nobody in particular. It's like that's really weird. Well, Stop and it establishes Bond as the smart guy, the senior guy, the serious right. guy, right, right away. Guy, yeah, right away. Get your finger out of your yeah, exactly. Like that a lot. Really, really like that the guy caught on to it, and and then Bond chases him through all sorts of of uh, construction work going on and stuff. I looked it up. The guy that plays th- this character's name is Malaka, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy that plays him uh, was one of the earliest pioneers of parkour oh, and free running. He was great. Yeah. So, so they they inter- and at that time I remember early two thousands like parkour being a really big deal. So it, it's like kind of a, a little vestige of the times. Um, oh, free fact. running parkour over buildings and stuff. They had video games based on it, movies. A lot of movies employed it. 
So it was it was cool. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty neat. Well, and that pivots well into one of my big overall notes for this movie. And what I remember most from seeing it in theaters all those you know, over a decade ago, the stunts are really great in this movie. The big yeah. stunt pieces, Good the construction stunt. site run through at the beginning doesn't look too fakey which I like, even though it's really over the top. It's a good mix of both. Lots of explosions, lots of running. Very great. I um, The uh, airport action scene where he's chasing the tanker up and down throughout the airport. Again, good action, well shot. Explosions, very exciting. The uh, Towards the end of the film, the big Aston Martin car flip still holds the world record for most continuous flips in a car stunt, seven. Um uh, and again, really well shot. Very exciting. Mm. Um, I thought all the stunts top to bottom in this movie were excellently shot. One of my favorite things about this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Really good movie. Establishing great action in this first Daniel Craig movie. I like how this is a um, they they show a little bit of. Th- they keep calling back to the fact that it's a reboot. And one of the things they keep showing is that this is a f- shoot first, ask, ask later bond. Yep. Right. Um, at first he has to like kind of grow into the role of, of what he eventually, like the bond that we all know and love. I love that. They, I think they do a really good job of showing that progression, especially in this earlier scene, how that fight ends with Malacca is, um, he gets into like a standoff situation and it ends up being where he, he shoots like a gas tank and, and blows the whole thing up. Rather than try to take Malacca alive, which he, which like you know the classic Bond would try to do, sure, causes so an can, international incident. Interrogate him, and yeah, instead he shoots a gas tank, blows the whole thing up. Exactly, causes an international incident. This is what you would expect from a novice, a novice agent who doesn't know what they're doing yet. Like, like the the get your finger out of your ear shows that he has experience, but the shoot first, ask questions later shows that he's not. He's just not a hundred percent there yet. He's like maybe seventy to eighty percent of the way. I love that because um, it, it it doesn't it, it feel as the audience we don't feel like we've missed anything. Like we feel like we're we're right there with him. We're learning like, along we, with him. Right. We saw his first kill. We saw his second kill, and now he's he's like on the job. He's seasoned, but he's not he's not a veteran yet. Right. And he get, he gets there by the end of the film, which oh, I sure. really like. Yeah. Mac, um, can I give you a controversial opinion here? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Love it. I think this is overall a very good movie. I think it's solid. It's maybe my favorite, maybe tied with my favorite of the Craig movies. However, I think this movie is Daniel Craig's worst individual performance. I think a lot of other things about this movie work really well. I don't think Craig is particularly good in this one. Okay. I'm not going to get mad at him because as we've talked about with previous bonds, usually their first outing rarely is their strongest. The more sure. and live and let die uh, Brosnan and golden eye. I, th- and he, I think he's better in the later movies. Not that he's bad in this one. I think he's a lot better, but I don't think he's the best part of this movie, which is a shame because he really should be. I think he, so I tell think me I'm he, wrong. All right. I think you're wrong. Okay, great. I love it. I Finally, think you're we wrong disagree. because I think he, he, Yes, he he had to grow into the role of of Bond as he went along, 
I don't think he's the worst part of the movie, though. No, I agree. I don't think he's the worst part of the movie. I think he has bigger flaws than him. Yes, but it's I not his there, best there performance. Are, there are flaws that are yeah that are bigger than that oh, are sure. bigger than Craig. But do I think it's the weakest performance of him from these? No, I actually don't. Which I which movie is weaker? Quantum. I think I think his performance in in I'm actually going to say Spectre. I thought he was good in Spectre. We'll get there. I thought he was good. We'll in that. get there because he has more personality. His personality in this movie is like unlikable dick is kind of his personality. And I get that Bond is supposed to be that a little bit, but at no point it's does hard. he. He, it's, he never redeems himself be. with the fun because other bonds have done this where they have to be jerks a lot, but at the end there you feel like you're you like them to some degree. And at the end of Casino, I'm you like, feel that way? I don't feel by the end. No, I don't I feel, feel like it's there earned. was real growth with his with, no, his, even, with his acting ability and his confidence in the role. No, again, Did he's not like, bad in this, but I think he's better in the other movies, and I think it's I because he, he has I to grow his into it. Performance Inspector was largely forgettable. No, I thought oh, he was I'm much sure more we'll likable. Okay, we'll get to that. Um, but, yeah, um, Casino Royale. I, I like. I love the writing. I guess the writing is probably the yes, strongest. Yes, it's a very part well written movie. movie. I would extremely well written movie. Um, and I think the acting bench is very strong in this movie. Um, Daniel Craig is good. Get, don't get me wrong. So um, who is the stronger, the chief? I would say you could toss up Mads Mikkelsen as Lashif. Judy Dench is great as she is in all these. I think Skyfall is probably her best performance, but I think she's good in this. I actually, I really happen to like her in the Brazen movies better. Although Skyfall, but then again, Skyfall was it's her, her swan movie. Song. It was her swan song, and, yeah. the, and it was her movie, right? So I, I, it's hard to it's hard to beat her in in Skyfall. Skyfall excluded, I think I think you have a you have a tough time. She has a good performance in. in but you Golden. know what? I think she has better chemistry with Daniel Craig. That's what I think the difference is. I like watching the two of them go off of each other than I did with her and Brosnan. I think her writing is, her character is a little better in the Brosnan movies, but I like the chemistry, especially in Skyfall between oh, the two Skyfall, of them. Oh, Skyfall, it's like, yeah, like, I know, like I, I said know. before, it's, it's hard to beat because it is her movie. It's her swan song. It's her, it, it's very much written around her character, but a lot of it is the writing. But Jeffrey Wright is good in this, and I wrote in my notes he's wasted in this. I thought he should have had a better role because Jeffrey Wright's the man um, and should have had more to do. I thought even I even thought Eva Green was good in this. As Vesper Lynn, I thought she did a good job. Oh, she was phenomenal. She was great. I, I, I happen to really like her. Yes. Yeah. I really liked her. Renee Mathis, uh, Giancarlo Giannini, um, mm -hmm. who played Renee Mathis, I, thought, I just thought the acting top to bottom was really good in this one and helped by a great script. Maybe it, it does overshadow Craig in a, in a way, but but again, it is his first Bond. I, I think there there has to be some leeway for totally. every every first I, Bond, and that's why I'm not gonna. That's why I still like the movie. He's he does not yeah. ruin the movie by any stretch. No, he definitely doesn't. He doesn't come across as a bad Bond, which no. is what a no, lot no, of the no, press no. was, strangely because of his hair color, which I find <sighs> very odd. But that was can't win. that was 2006. Believe me, he was much worse in uh, what was it, Cowboys and Aliens. Yeah, he was terrible in that. Yeah, um, um, yeah. So, I, I I liked this the um the establishment the first time I wrote the first time we understand that Bond is Bond is when he takes his adversaries Aston Martin and his girlfriend in a game of cards. Yes, like that's when you're like, oh, okay, like that's kind of the callback to like previous Bond. It's like. He beat he beat his main adversary in a card game, got the cool car that we all know that like that's the the bridge where the, the winky winky yeah. yes 
That was cool. I like that little nod. Yeah, they didn't it, overdo it. it. Yeah, but it, exactly. It didn't overdo it. It was like, okay, we understand this is still Bond. Like, it's still a Bond movie. Um, Sean, did you happen to notice that there was no Bond theme at all during this movie? I wrote in my notes a direct oh, very, quote very here. End. This movie is so quiet. This yes. movie overall, there was no score in the movie. It was for long stretches, absolutely no music. And I I don't know if I agree with that. I felt like, it, not that I needed a ton, but the movie felt muted to some degree because of the lack of music. I was very surprised as I was listening to it. I'm like, these long stretches where there's the audio, there's like nothing going on. No, just like footsteps or people would, like... Like shuffling cards, or I don't know. Especially if there was like around budget the, around cuts the with the score. I mean, it was like there was the, the action scenes were really the only time you heard any kind of music, right? And they they were, I mean, they were like the first act and the third act of the movie. Like the really the whole middle section with the card game and everything, and the romance with Vesper Lind, very quiet. Yeah, yep. very subdued. Yeah, I kind of I kind of like that because it really does. It puts you in a place where you almost forget that this is a Bond movie. Yes, like, it makes there, you there focus on the mo- cards. Yeah, there are a lot of moments where this, like, if you were to take this movie out, make it its own thing, and change all the actors' names, it'd be a very good standalone thriller, right? Like, like say you change, like you, you, this is not like Bond at all. This is just some dude playing cards, a high stakes card game with an eco terrorist, and you're. You like you 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 have some kind of of um, investment in it. He falls in love with this girl. They romance each other. They fall deeply in love, but it turns out the girl is a double agent, and she has a um, debt to pay to this guy who's blackmailing her, mm-hmm. her ex boyfriend who's blackmailing her. Um, Bond has to choose between his career and and the love of his life potentially. Uh, but it ends up that he tries to save his love, but she dies. And uh, yeah, it's and, a nice story. That, it's a, yeah, it's, I think it's a neat standalone. But by the end, then you you like remember. It's almost like you forget. Like I I got into a headspace the first time I saw it, and the next time when I rewatched it for this podcast, I got in almost into a headspace where I forgot it was a Bond movie, legitimately. And I think the lack of score contributes to that. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. I, I I got into like this 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 uh, thinking where it's like, oh wait. Then by the end, when he said like it's the moment where he says the bitch is dead, and then he's talking to M on the phone, where I'm like, oh right, that's a, it's a Bond movie. That's right. It's like the, it, it was kind of it's kind of neat um, in a way. Where it's like, oh yeah, that's right. He has a job to do. He's got a mission. I haven't felt that way about a Bond movie. I think since On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Sure, very unbond. Like, yeah, he falls in love, and you like you kind of root for him. I can imagine if I was alive at the time, being like, oh, this might be the last Bond movie. He gets married. Yeah, I mean, I would argue they're it. very similar movies in a lot yeah, of ways. In a lot of ways, sure, absolutely. Um, I guess it helps that that when On Her Majesty's was made, they they were going to make um, Casino Royale, yep. but they couldn't obtain the rights to it. So yep, that's it, not it, it very well could have been that movie, but um, yeah, I, I love that. I just love that like it 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 puts you in this space and then immediately like jolts you out of it. I've never seen a Bond movie where we're where we're so we're so closely related to a to the to the character of Bond. Maybe since License to Kill might be the last one where we're like so 
ensconced with Bond. Well, and I think it's true of, of almost all the Daniel Craig movies, maybe not Spectre as much, but the movies are about Bond, period. End of discussion, end of sentence. The, the villains, I would argue, in these movies are fine. They range from fine to pretty good, but they're never the focus of the story. Even the Bond girls aren't the focus of the story. I mean, this really is a Bond-centric series at this point. No doubt about it. When you think back to some of the, like, Roger Moore films, you're like, Roger Moore, like, in some of those movies, is, like, the third most interesting character in his own movies. Um, sure. Whereas this, it's it's all about Daniel Craig. Yeah, I, I feel like the... I mean, this might just be the Moore movies, but they uh, – Connery to a certain extent too. They they focus a lot on scenery and yes. um, a little bit of the like exotic side of, of being, a, being a secret agent. Like those movies make you want to take your your average boring life and make it like Bond. These movies are like – you're right there with Bond every minute, and it it it, it presents a human side to him that I, I think is very is very endearing. I mean, a, a third of this movie takes place in one room, you right. know, just playing cards. Think about that. I mean, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And and the other locations they go to aren't that really interesting either. To no, be and the card the card game is in Montenegro. Yeah, like Central Europe. Like, in yeah, a been there, done that. Bruh. Um, it's not about the environment. That's what makes the writing even stronger, I would I would say. I agree. Uh, Matt, can I tell you the single biggest flaw in this movie? Yes, I wanted to get to that. Let's talk about the flaws. One word. Do you know what that word is? One word that, for me, sunk some degree of this movie. One word that sunk this movie? Part of it. I wouldn't say it destroyed it, but I feel like it certainly had a negative impact on a film that would have been better without it. Lens flare. Was, was, that one of, was there a lot of it's lens like flare in this? No, no, there wasn't. There was no lens flare think at of all. Abrams. But yes. Uh, all right. Five one letters. Word. Five. Oh, we're playing. We're playing. Um, Hangman. Hangman. I was going to say Wheel of Fortune. That too. Well, Craig has five letters. It's not Daniel Craig. Not Daniel. Okay. It's not Daniel Craig. That's it has good. to do with the plot of the movie. It's five not a character letters. or actor. Starts with a P. And it ends with an ochre. Oh, wait, Poker. what? Poker is the worst thing about this movie. I literally would have never even guessed that. You should have just said, Matt, I'll stop you there. You're not going to guess that. There's no way. Poker? Poker was your biggest flaw of this movie? Yep. I'm not kidding. Explain. All right. Explain yourself. Sit and enjoy this. Explain yourself. Matt, here's the thing, right? Bond has gambled in, I would argue, more than half of the Bond films, right? He usually plays Baccarat or he just drinks at the bar. The thing about poker is it is exceptionally boring to watch in a movie. It's not... The reason it's interesting on TV is because you see what cards everybody has, there's on-screen graphics to tell you who will win, and announcers explaining how the game is played. In this movie, literally, the movie chugs along through the first part pretty well, and as soon as they get to the... The scenes around the table of them playing poker are so uninteresting. Because... It literally, the only thing you have to go, there's no music, there's no anything. All you're going off of is their faces, 
which you can really only do so much with. And it was driving me crazy because the whole time you had Renee Mathis over in the corner explaining to Vesper Lynn the time anything would happen. Oh, Bond will have to pull an ace here to win the game. It's like, don't (laughs) explain to me what's going on in the movie. I, as the viewer, should be able to figure this out without being told what's happening. It was driving me crazy. The the whole fake tell thing with uh, Lashif, I saw that coming a zillion miles away. I saw that from fucking outer space. Oh, so this so might was, have been the part of the movie where I kind of zoned out. Exactly. I think mo- most That's of, most of us did. It's like the but, action is so good in this movie. And then to like drag it to a halt in the middle of the movie. I, I admit. I like the idea, but they should have cut that whole thing in like half. I'll admit, even, even as a... Even as a 15-year-old watching this movie in theaters, or 16, whatever, um, I I still had like a little bit of disbelief that they're playing Texas Hold'em at a high-stakes casino in Montenegro. And, and you know, it was, in, it was in 2006, like, right when World Series of Poker was really yes, popular. That, and and I know that's why they did it. Come they on, did it because it was it, poker had reached its its kind of the height of its popularity. It was all over ESPN. It was all over all kinds of uh, sports networks. It, yeah, high st- like high-stakes poker was big back then. But Bond doesn't play poker. No. You don't play poker at a casino in Montenegro. No. You play Baccarat. You play, like, like medieval French games. I'd rather him play a <laughs> fake video game against Maximilian like he did in Never Say Never Again. No, don't it, say that. No, that's, that was cool. That was cool. Shut true. up. You that know was, that was cool. There was nothing cool about that. That was that so was cool. Lame. And, okay, that and was just awesome. as boring as listening to was, Mathis explain. Well, yeah, because you had no idea what was going on. But, no, yeah. it, it just... it. It just was, it was odd. I agree and, with you. And I what drove me crazy bad. is that I thought, and we can talk about Mads Mikkelsen for a minute as Lashif, who I thought was really good in this movie. I love the idea of his character, the ba- the terrorist banker. So he's he's a rich evil guy, but he's also beholden to terrorists, so he can also get his ass ass kicked, which right. I thought was great. I thought the crying blood thing was dumb because uh, it never well, that- plays into the movie. Is that from the it, book? It's it's true to the book. It yeah, is. Okay. That's that's how it, how the character is in the it, book. So it, they they tried to just mimic the book. Dumb, but um, <laughs> but I feel like his talent is wasted because he spends half of his screen time just sitting and staring at Bond across the table. And I'm like, <laughs> if, if if Bond's gonna fight this interesting villain character, then do it in in an awesome way than just defeating him with your mind. Like that's not exciting. <laughs> I, I think that it, it kind of calls to mind like a plot hole that I, I watched. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen How It Should Have Ended. I watched the How It Should Have Ended for Casino Royale yeah. back, back when it came out. Um, it basically they they read. It's a little YouTube channel where they make like three minute shorts that are animated that like redo the ending of a of like every movie. That it's like how it should have ended. Mm-hmm. The How It Should Have Ended for Casino Royale. It, it's it's got an animated M and an animated Bond. And the animated M is like, Bond, you're going to have to play the chief in this high stakes poker game in order to defeat him is the only way. And Bond is like, wait, couldn't we just arrest him and expedite him? Yep. Oh, <laughs> and yeah, she's well, like, it's... no, no, no. You must defeat him in this high stakes poker game. That's the only way we'll expose him. She, he's like, well, I'm pretty sure he's broken all of these rules. Like he's a terrorist. Couldn't we just arrest him? 
And like she finally caves in, is like, fine, we'll do it your way. And they just throw him in the back of a paddy wagon and yeah. drive off. Well, it's that. And M is like, wasn't that a. Yeah, sure. Okay, we did it your way, Bond. But wasn't that a lot less fun and exciting? <laughs> like, well, it's that great Vesper Lynn line in the movie where she's like, if you lose, you're directly financing terrorism. Yes. Dun, and, dun, and, it's dun. That, it's, and it's that other thing, too, where Bond loses the first 10 million, has to go to Vesper for another 5 million to buy back in. So he's. Playing poker to win the money back you already lost is a terrible plan. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's... <laughs> you're right. At that point... Like, if you want to go in and gamble the first 10 and then arrest him, okay, maybe. Right. That's the but point like, where you, you step in and be like, I have a badge. Like, you're going to jail. Like, like you got to shut that shit down. Yeah. Interpol is intervening or, or something. I admit, the, the, the plot is not airtight. But it is a Bond movie. It is. It's good, though. It, it's about it's, playing cards. I, I don't agree with the five card. That's very much a sign of the times. I wish they had kept it with Baccarat. That's the classic Bond But then game. again, we would, there would have been even more explanation as to what's going on. That's the problem. Like, just do it like, never, The thing is, they never explained Baccarat before. Like no, Bond but also it's never. And you're like, oh, that's, I, I still to this day don't know how Baccarat works. But it the difference cool. is the Baccarat in the previous movies was not integral to the plot. It was more of a setting. Like, honestly, do it on yes. the roll of a dice. Do it's it on very, a roulette table. Oh, if it lands on black, I kill you. If it lands on red, exactly. you live. Like, you, you just know that, like, Bond wins because he's awesome. I like the gambling aspect. Yeah. But, you know, have it be the, chess even. The rules of the game are not, plot, are not like, plot-centric. It's true. But I did like the part where, where Bond, like, like, he's winning, so the they try to off him, and they poison his drink. and Oh, yeah, uh, with the defibrillator, okay. which is great. Yeah, That was kind of neat. Um, I liked how he gets captured and the torture scene is pretty great. Ooh, very unpleasant. Very unpleasant, very unpleasant. to watch, but, but, but that is, I think, fun. I think that is one of Daniel Craig's best moments in the film where mm -hmm. he says, you know, oh, I have an, I have an itch down there. Could you scratch it for me? Yes. The world will know that you died scratching my balls. Yes. That's a very great He's line, very, very Bond-esque line. Yeah. But very God, fun. that was hard to watch. Hard to watch. Yes. Um, Matt, we've done almost an hour just on our first movie tonight. So unfortunately I'm going to press us to move on, uh, unless you have anything else to add. We didn't really talk too much about Vesper Lynn, who continues to play a role in future movies. Eva Green, who I thought was, was great. It was another one of those. I, I do want to mention, yes, I want to mention like the very end. Yes. So this like leads into the next movie. Um, we, we either will have a lot to talk about with this next movie or very little uh, to talk about, depending um, but I love the ending scene very much. Like I really enjoyed the, the beginning scene, the, um, the callback to like where you, where you, I mean, I mentioned before the line, the bitch is dead kind of like centering you back. And it's like, okay, this is a bond movie. Like bond is, has all these illusions about like, Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll have a honeymoon and I'll have kids and I'll, we'll retire. He's like, he's got this very ideal picture painted in his mind. And then it, it kind of like reality shocks him back into, into like who he is and what he does. Um, after, after, um, Vesperlin drowns in the, in the elevator. Uh, there's the, that awesome scene where, where he, he, the guy answers his phone. He's like, who is this? And he shoot like a bullet just hits him in the leg. All of a sudden, Craig enters the frame, uh, bottom to top, like the camera just pans up. He goes, the name's Bond, James Bond. Bond theme like, it's great. starts, very cool, and like exit scene. Very cool, very Bond. 
Um, first time you hear the Bond film throughout the entire movie, they saved it for the very end. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just I love the beginning and the end. The the middle was a little a little dry in some parts for sure. But they really I think the intro to and the ending to this movie were were like the kind of the bookends that I liked it overall as a as a um as a as a reboot to a Bond franchise. And now the end very much transitions into the next movie we're going to talk about which is quantum of solace um came out two years later yes 2008 but is supposed to take place just an hour after the yes scene royale very rare for a bond film not only is there continuity it's immediate continuity they don't fool around um yeah we can pivot over to quantum of solace yeah it's established that this is only an hour after the ending of casino royale after the intro scene, which is a car chase through the streets of Siena, Italy. Yes. Um, when Bond opens the trunk up and he's got the guy from the previous movie from Quantum Mis- from Mr. White. Royale, Mr. White, he's got him in the trunk of his car and he says, okay, time to get out and then enter the intro sequence. Yes. What do you think about this intro? Well, I, I would be very mad if I didn't quickly mention, and I think we're in agreement of this, Chris Cornell's You Know My Name from Casino Royale. We're both big fans. Is that fair to say? Yes. Okay. Yes, we are. We, we agree. All right. I just we want to point that, that out mm-hmm. because uh, as we jump into the opening of Quantum Solace, I agree that whole bit with Mr. White is very good. I have an issue with how that starting action sequence and all the action sequences in this film are shot, but I'll get to that. Um I think the opening's fine. Are you talking about like the music intro opening? No, just the um, oh the, the opening, opening with Mister White. Yeah, by opening with the car chase with with zero dialogue. I, the first thing I'm thinking of in my mind is Octopussy with the um. I guess there was dialogue in that though. Has I mean, there I ever been a Bond movie a Bond uh... um oh, intro with zero dialogue? I don't have the memory for that kind of thing, but I, I think I'm it's gonna fine. throw one out there. Thunderball. How did Was that there dialogue in that? He fights the guy. He's coming. He's a widow at the funeral. He fights him. Was yeah, there there's dialogue? a little. Yeah, there's a little bit. A little bit like of dialogue? a couple sentences, not much. Right. Is this is this the first Bond movie that intros with zero dialogue? I don't know. That's a good question. Email us up for debate tv yeah. at gmail.com let us know if we answer this tweet um, it at us uh yeah i know i think it's a i think it's a quality opening I, I just think it's such an interesting choice to so closely link these movies together right i i agree it's um, i don't know if i like it i definitely don't i'm gonna go out and okay. say I, I i don't i don't know i don't like the I don't like that it's like it, it, it's so beholden to you having to have seen Casino Royale. Yes. It's not it's it's it wasn't marketed as a direct sequel, even though it is the next Bond movie in the series. I guess that's what that's kind of what bothers me about it is that it wasn't like this is not called uh, Casino Royale 2. It, it's a completely different film. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I would almost argue that in this one. You, it's not as bad in Quantum as it is in Skyfall, I would argue, or even Spectre, because you have Dominic Green, you have Quantum, you're introducing new elements that are only tangentially related to the first film. I, I agree this opening bit is, is very closely related, but the rest of the movie I don't feel is really, I feel like Skyfall is more directly connected to the issues of the previous films, and even Spectre. 
Um, it's hard because, like, th- this. I think this movie works if you were somehow in like an alternate universe where it was socially acceptable to make films that were like four hours in length and and launch them out in the theaters. This movie absolutely works as a direct attachment to Casino Royale. If Casino Royale could be like four hours long and be this movie combined with um, Casino Royale, it would totally work in in every way. And that's, what's really interesting. I, I, Agree slash disagree. I think it actually makes more sense to edit Quantum of Solace to be its standalone movie. I would rather you cut references to Mr. White and to the action in the previous film and just make this a standalone movie, which I think you could do without major reshoots. I definitely think you could. Um, And I think that would be better. I think that would be better because... I'm going to be honest. I know Quantum of Solace is not really anyone's favorite. I actually, again, it's not my favorite, but I actually did enjoy a lot of elements of this movie. Um, And I think it would be better standing alone. So it's worth mentioning. And I, um, I I, I actually, I never thought of it at the time, but it's kind of an obvious thing when you, when you look at it, this movie came out in 2008. Yes. We think of of Bond movies as like a product of their era. Yes. Um, when the movie came, when the movie was shooting, it was at the it was during the writers' strike. So a lot of the I, like the major ideas that that would have worked very well in this movie, um, were cut or 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 at least were. I, I read a, I read an article where. They were saying that that when this movie was being made, the actually the actors were kind of asked to write what their characters would do, like in in different scenes and in different scenarios, which is not really traditionally how movies are are shot. Um, usually, you have a you have like a script in mind, you have pacing in mind. Um, it, it was very much bare bones. There which, was no script. I, I, I understand. Yeah, it was. It was. There basically was no script. Yeah, it was. It was, or at least a um, kind of a a a. Uh, they they wrote it on the fly. Exactly, yeah. like a like a like a primordial script, um, which makes a lot of sense. Like looking back, <laughs> yeah. I, you I watch have... this movie; it's very clear there was barely yes. a script. Oh yes, I don't yes, disagree with that at all. It is. It is clear. So I want to. I, I kind of want to award this movie like some kind of of like booby prize and be like okay you well tried. you tried yeah you tried points for effort <laughs> um going in i was i was so ready to just tear this movie to shreds but being like looking at it as a product of its era and saying like well this was a time when the um the writer's strike was going on when people were kind of uncertain as to the future of Bond, Casino Royale was a massive success. Generally, yes, you know the box office, huge success. But um, the direction of Bond was 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 sort of uncertain. I think I think it's kind of fair to say with any um, with any reboot of any series, right? Is is that the the direction of that series is kind of it's kind of like it's it's hard to to gauge where it will go after this, right? Like I, I think you see it with it with any reboot, but yes, um, 
yeah, I don't know. It it's it would have worked super well if a lot of the movie had been had been boiled down into like an hour or an hour and a half and attached to Casino Royale. No. I, I think it would work perfectly. I see. I'm still going to disagree with you on that because this movie is a lot closer to the traditional James Bond formula, certainly than Casino Royale or Skyfall, where you've got action pieces, you've got a clear villain, you've got a Bond girl. You've. I just think it's closer to the... It's not 100% there, but it's closer to the formula. I wish they had leaned on that more because I liked the Dominic Green character. I thought that was appealing to watch. I thought um, Camille... Uh, who is the main Bond girl in this film. I thought she was fantastic. I thought that was a really interesting character out getting her revenge um, and and helping James Bond deal with his need for revenge. Um, I thought Judy Bench was great in this, as she always is. Uh, even st- the terribly named Strawberry Fields, um, <laughs> the short-lived MI6 agent who uh, dies in a great homage to Goldfinger, um, I thought was good. I, I just thought... There were good pieces of this movie that never finished the puzzle. See, you say you say great homage to to Goldfinger. I actually wrote down. You didn't like it. I actually I changed your your wording was great. I said weird homage to Goldfinger. (laughs) I said girl covered in oil. I I, like it was it was kind of out of left field. Do do you actually know the the reason they did that? No, was there was there was there a reason? Well, there's it? like one of those cheesy explanations where, you know, the environmental theme of the movie and and Dominic Green and that today oil is as valuable as gold. That's the sort of thought uh, behind it. Okay, which I didn't know until I, I read it in an article. Either I didn't so. read that article. No. but if, if I had, okay, <laughs> I, I kind of see the okay. Yeah, there was a lot of Look that in this that. movie where they're like, "Oh, we it's did very, it because of this clean. weird reason," and you're like, "But as a viewer of the movie, I didn't understand that, so you kind of missed the point." There was a lot of that. Yeah, that's a that's a very twee explanation of uh, yeah of why the, why the girls painted in oil. I, I did see the connection with Goldfinger, but I thought it was I thought it was kind of ham fisted. I was like, "What the hell?" Like, okay, we get it. It's Bond. Like, but what? Why? Like, she. It wasn't. I just felt like it wasn't earned. Yeah. But now your explanation makes it makes some sense. Yeah. That was. It was like gold. Was okay. Dumb. Gold is oil. Is the new gold? Is kind of like the. I guess the point they were making. But, um. But one thing I did put in my notes about this movie yeah. on a positive note is that I wrote this one handles the Bond's gone too far bit very well. Because in a lot of these, not a lot, in several of the Bond movies, we get the Bond, you've gone too far this time, right? And I feel like right. this movie does a really good job of, with Judy Dench, with Daniel Craig, with him having to escape being arrested and all this. I just think, you know, him out for revenge. I just think that part, that part of the movie is very well acted. I think Daniel Craig is is a bit better in this one because he's got more to work with from the revenge grief angle. Um, and I think it's a little bit more well-written where the action is a little bit greater. The music comes back in. So it feels a little bit more alive and like something might actually happen. That's interesting. Um, and I did like that element of this movie that I think worked. Yeah. I, I going along with that, I, I really like the ending of the, the, the end line of the film that M has like bond. She says, bond, I need you. And bond says, or no, she says, I, I need you back bond. Yeah. I need you back. And and uh, Daniel Craig as Bond says, 
I never left. Yep. I, I really like that end of the that end that like little ending of the movie. I like that he didn't kill the guy and he, he makes it known he's like I didn't I didn't kill him. He's still alive. Which was um, very interesting. Which was interesting. It, it shows that Bond has matured as as a as a character. Like I, I interrogated him. I was rough, but I didn't kill him. And that's the Bond that we know. So it's kind of like that level progression. Yeah, that we, we see it through all the these movies, movie. which is that, which is that I think maturation. that's the part that works about making these movies a continuity is seeing the character change. To me, that's the only thing that's valuable out of doing that because I really don't care that we were oh, but it it wasn't Quantum, it was Spectre. Oh, it was he was out, he was following the whole time. Oh, he was behind all of it. Like I don't give a shit about that, but I do love the fact that and I give Daniel Craig a lot of credit for this as an actor. He evolves that character through these movies very well. Yeah, he does. He really does. He 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 understands the role that he's in. Uh, he he under he understands that he's the like the kind of the reboot bond. Um Now, Matt, can I share with you if I may <laughs> yeah. my key okay. flaw of this movie? Oh boy. This is, Sean, this is there the are so Sean's many. key flaw. There are so many. I know there are a lot, and I'm, but I'm they just gonna... tried. This movie really tried, Sean. This is like a kid that brought, I feel brought bad. home their art project from preschool. They're like, I tried. But like, seriously, this was one of those Bond movies where when I started, I'm like, I'm probably not going to like this. And as the movie went on, I'm like, you know, this isn't bad. Yeah. I mean, it, it has good moments. But to me, the single, not the single biggest flaw, that's not fair. One of the most noticeable pl- flaws for me, mm-hmm. this movie is shot terribly it's directed badly i don't think it's good this one was directed by mark forrester okay this is his first ever action movie prior to this he directed halle berry and monsters ball he did finding neverland uh he did uh will ferrell in stranger than fiction the kite runner this is his first ever action film and he went on to direct world war z which was another disaster of a film um and a movie you owned, Matt, Disney's Christopher Robin. Oh, that's right. I did. That was one of my classic purchases in the movie draft. uh, No more action for him. But the action scenes are cut so badly, and the CGI is so terrible in this movie. I did did an experiment, Matt. You'll appreciate my dedication to the program that I did this. Do you remember right after Mr. White escapes right the interrogation or right. no he, the, the whole the body m's bodyguard is yes. like on his side yes he says like uh, you know we've got people everywhere yes yes okay and and, and then they have that chase on the rooftops and shit yes okay and they fall down together yes they fall down together okay the mm. scene the scene starting where they fall through the glass of that skylight okay all the way through to bond shooting him and ending the fight Okay, it's yeah. 70 seconds of film. I timed it. Okay? okay, one minute, 10 seconds. In 70 seconds, there are 91 cuts in the film. Wow. It's unwatchable, Matt. It's, I could not tell what was going on, and all of the action scenes in the movie were like this. Come was- to mention it, there's, the, there's that, that scene where, the, where M's bodyguard betrays M. Where he says like we've got we've got people everywhere, isn't that right? Yep. I I thought when I saw the movie in theaters, I remember thinking that the bodyguard shoots M, 
because of the editing, because yeah. of the cut, yeah. it looks very much like he sh- like he shoots M. It's very it looks very clear, and I was like, oh shit, M is dead. And then M doesn't really like doesn't reappear until a few scenes later. She's got like a broken arm. The way the is done, it makes it it makes it seem like he shoots M. So you're right. I think you're right on this. The the, the editing is not great. No, it's it it really hurts the film because I do think there I loved I loved the opera scene where they're having the quantum meeting at the yes, opera. That, I thought that the was set, probably the best scene in the movie. And by the way, they built I, that I whole agree. set and got like a thousand extras to fill that thing. I mean, yes. it was it was really nice. I thought James Bond was really good. Daniel Craig was really good in that scene. He was kind of funny and he was jumping in and it was very Bond Bondian. Yes. Yes, it and was, it was very like you welcome. Could see, you could see pretty much every Bond up until this point. You could see you could see Moore, you could see Connery, you could definitely see Dalton in that role. It's like okay, this is this is what Bond does. Yeah. Like this is true, true Bond. Um, like but it's identifying a scene. people in the crowd and and communicating with them over the little uh, earpiece. It was good. It was it was very Bond. That was a great scene. But then uh, a little while after that, we have the uh, the plane chase. Where right. it's Bonds in his plane and he's being shot at and all this. The CGI on those planes is so bad. I was. So bad. It's like it's 2008. Come on, you can do better. Like it, yeah. it sucked. And I was like, it really. Again, this is such a weird movie because there are elements I think that really work, but there are so many more that just don't. And it's not a bad movie, but it's not a good movie. It's mm-hmm. a we. As you said, it's a weird movie. I it agree is. with that. It's weird. A hundred percent. At the end of it, I'm like, "What did I just watch?" Like, like there, there's just, and there, there are weird choices. Like, as as much as I, I kind of, my rewatch has given me a sense of sympathy for it, being that it was made during the writers' strike and that it was a, it was a follow up to, uh, the massively successful Casino Royale. Yeah. Like, there are just some weird choices. Like, for example, when he, when, when Mathis dies. Bond like looks at it. He's like holding the body in his arms, and then he just dumps him in a dumpster. Yeah, and and you're 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 left to think of it as like, oh well, okay, so maybe this is like a colder, like less connected Bond, and he just doesn't care. But like Mathis was his friend. Like, but at the same time, he leaves Bond, him in a dumpster. But Bond does seem emotional about it, which is weird. He is. He's emotional about it until he dumps the body in a in the dumpster, like casually, like. It's like yeah. what it like you don't know your character at that point. Like like Bond wouldn't do that. No. Like, it's it's two hours of a bunch of stuff happening is really yes. what this movie is. They just strange like strong bunch of moments through it. They had a budget for it and they were like, let's just get it done. Like, let's by just the way, mm-hmm. I you know, I don't have let me see if I can get a list of the run times for all these movies. I think this is the sh- one of the shortest, if not the shortest James Bond movie. It's an hour and forty five minutes. That sounds like one, it would be one of the shortest. Um, no, wait, I'm sorry. Yeah, an I hour can, and 45 I can try minutes. try to confirm it for you. Uh, 106. I think it is. I think it is, because I watched the time on just about all the movies we watched, and they're all pretty much two hours, give or take. So this may be one of the shortest, and I'm not surprised. <laughs> no, it, no, I can confirm. This is, the, this is the shortest Bond film at a 106 minutes. Yeah. Shortest Bond film to date. Do you have the longest in that list? Um, While you're in there, I'll the, just... Sure. I'm, I'm gonna, do you want to make a guess while we're here? Oh, boy. It might be 
it might, I think it might be Skyfall or Spectre. I think it's one of the more recent ones. I'm going to say Spectre seemed really long. Spectre right. is well no, over right. two hours. Um, no, Spectre was the longest Bond film. What, what was that? Two fifteen. Two hours and what? Two fifteen. Two thirty. Two forty. Oh Jesus it's Christ! Yeah, That's Spectre came in at two forty. Casino Royale followed right behind it at two twenty-five. And Skyfall, Skyfall was long. Immediately behind it at two twenty-three. Yeah, movies these days are just too goddamn long. Sean, you want to guess what? Uh, this is might be kind of obvious, but. Um, the the pre Craig Bond that came in before Skyfall. Oh, in terms of longest. Yeah. If you, if you had to venture a guess, mm, I'm gonna say License to Kill. Uh, it was not that. That's actually the um, one of the shorter ones. No, no, no. Oh. License to Kill was right behind this film. Oh, okay. So I was I was in the ballpark. What is it? I'm you curious. Were. License to Kill is number five. Yeah. It's on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Comes in at two yeah, hours you, and twenty-two. You know what? That Just movie has a lot of plot. Skyfall. A lot of plot in that one. A lot of plot. A lot of lot of lot of juice. Telly Savalas really stretching uh, those minutes. A lot of juice to that meat. Then License to Kill is after yeah. that. Never Say Never Again and Casino and the original Casino Royale are in between, but mm. I don't really. No, those, those don't aren't count. really canon in my mind. So, for the Bond purists out there, um. Ooh, Die Another Day is after that, and and that's a, a, a merciless two hours and 23. Yeah, and that one felt long. You know, they feel minutes. long. That's what it is. They feel long. Spectre they felt do. forever. Felt like three movies. Um, it did. Matt, mm-hmm. any other thoughts on closing Quantum Closing of- thoughts on Quantum yes. of Solace. What I, what I kind of liked about this, this is something I only learned doing research on it. It's just a little interesting bit of trivia for the fans out there. Um. It's named after not a Fleming novel, but this is the first uh, Bond film since uh, Man with the Golden Gun that is named after a Fleming short story. Uh, the the Fleming short story Quantum of Solace, which I, I mean, honestly, when I when the movie came out in theaters, I thought they pulled the name right out of their ass. I didn't really know, <laughs> it does sound made I up. had no idea this came from a Fleming short story. But if you look at the synonyms for each word in the title it translates to a measure of comfort. So mm. a quantum is a measurement or a measure and solace is a comfort. Like I take solace in that. I take comfort in that. So a measure of comfort and then a quantum of solace. So um, it's a little fun fact there. I, I actually would have rather the Bond movie be called a measure of comfort. Could you imagine that? Like A measure. Of, no, that sounds like one of those like uh, Downton Abbey type shows. It really does. It does. A measure of comfort. Like an episode of, of Game of Thrones or something. Mm-hmm. Now, measure. Matt, would mm-hmm. you like to know Yeah. the other like. short stories in For Your Eyes Only that Quantum of Solace was in? Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear it. From A View to a Kill. Okay. That's where that comes from. For Your Eyes Only. Then Quantum of Solace. Then Risico. Which, which is probably the name of the next Bond movie. Which never turned into anything. Uh, uh, and until then, next Bond movie, yes. whatever the next Bond movie is. Yeah. Well, it might be the Hildebrand Rarity, which was the fifth story. But if you remember, the safe house inspector that M goes to to meet Bond is called Hildebrand Antiques. And that's where it comes from. Oh, so a little fun fact there for you. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, Matt, my summary on this film, I think the one thing it does the most successfully out of the whole movie that I enjoyed the most is we get to see James Bond after his lover has been killed, which we don't get in Her Majesty's because they basically forget she exists. And I love that we get a whole movie of his grief and his revenge and a little bit of license to killish, but I just feel like if you only take that away from this movie, I think I think you get something from it. Well, I think we get we get a modicum of revenge. Well, he certainly feels like he gets in, revenge. I want to say what was it a view to a kill? What was the now? I'm I'm trying to backtrack. <laughs> We've seen movies. too many of these. We've seen so many of these. Oh, Lord, the movie right after on Her Majesty's where the opening sequence is him like beating people up. Oh, because of course. Because trying yeah, to yeah, find yeah. Spectre. Diamonds are forever. Di- thank you. Diamonds are forever. We get a modicum of this. We get a, a quantum of solace, if you will, of um, of revenge. But we don't get an entire film that's based on it. And what I want to say is that when this film was made, the original writing direction was going to be based around flashbacks mm. of Bond and Vesper and Vesper like relating information to Bond that he would then use to um, solve problems in quantum, which I mean, admittedly, I think we all know would have been a much better film, oh, like a million percent better. But but the writing, the writing, the writer strike that went on kind of like stymied that. No, and, and Eva really Green doesn't come cheap, short. so right. Um, yeah. So when you have actors writing their own scenes and writing their own characters, it's it, it gets kind of ugly. So. Sometimes. So that's uh, Quantum of Solace. That it is, Matt. And we've got to continue on to our third Daniel Craig movie. It's not just an Adele song. It's also a movie, Skyfall, coming out in October of 2012. Uh, It made over a billion dollars. It's the highest grossing film ever in the UK, the highest grossing film ever in the Bond series. Uh, The second highest grossing film of 2012. Do you know what the first is? 2012. Um. Thinking back on, oh, it was, of course, the movie Apocalypto, directed by Mel Gibson. No. No, that's not even in the top ten. What are you talking about? Are you sure? Yeah. Apocalypto by Mel Gibson? Worldwide, worldwide, Matt. I thought everybody saw that movie. No, No, Skyfall (laughs) B, The Dark Knight Rises, The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey, The Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. So Apocalypto came out in 2006. Uh, really? Yes. Is that really true? 2012 we're looking at. Why? Okay. I'm, I'm very confused now. Was obviously. it even the highest grossing? It wasn't even the highest grossing in 2006. No, it wasn't. I, I For some reason, I thought it came out in 2012 because it had to do with the Mayans. No, that would have made Mayans, too much sense. 2012, like the end of the world. I don't know. I read into things a lot. I'm a history guy. Matt, the answer we were looking for, 2012's highest-grossing movie, The Avengers. What? The Avengers? The Avengers, the first Avengers movie. Never heard of it. Okay. You're not missing much. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Matt, our our crew's back, and this time, it is personal. Um, Oof, this movie, Matt. I, I saw this movie at a midnight showing... And it revealed to me that I goddamn hate midnight showings and I will never do it again. Really? So I think that's 
No. Like, no midnight showings? No. I'm not getting up at midnight to see a damn movie, and then I get home at, like, 3 a.m. I'll fall asleep during the movie. I'm not doing it. Um, what if I think, you don't, like, don't have work the next day? Doesn't matter. You could, like, sleep the whole day. Does not. It's not what if worth it's it. Like There's Star- no movie I need to see at midnight, especially now that theaters do, like, 8 p.m. Thursday showings or whatever. I don't need to see midnight movies anymore. Not going to happen. If, what if you want to, like, dress in costume and, like, no? Nope. I can do that not at home. That. Uh, I can do that at home in the comfort of my own home. Uh, Yeah. So I think that's partly why I was kind of flaky on it the first time around. And then rewatching it, I did like it a lot more, but I do have a major flaw to point out in this film as well, but we'll get to that, Matt. What do you think? What do you think of Skyfall? Sean, jump um, in there, get in on uh, it. Have you ever like when you go to movie theaters, right? Yes. Are there scenes where the audience will, this is this is something that can only be experienced in my mind at at a at a true movie theater. Yep. Are there scenes where the audience like stands up and claps at certain moments where you're like like really happy? I feel like it happens more rare these days, but yes. I can point to a specific moment um I guess most recently noted in in the in the uh most recent Avengers movie uh kind of the climactic scene. I won't spoil it for our, our listeners, but um, there, there's a clock. Oh, hang on. Oh no, I don't like that sound. That means we've lost Matt. All no, right. No, no, I'm back. You're back. I accidentally leaned the microphone stand on my airplane button. Very, very haphazard, very unbondian move. For, for those who can't see, I rolled my eyes very hard. <laughs> So there, there's a scene in the in the most recent um, Avengers movie where people very much like stood up and clapped and like applauded at the, at the scene. Um, in Casino Royale, the scene where where Daniel Craig as Bond puts on the tuxedo for the very first time and like looks in the mirror and he's like looking at himself. I remember very clearly seeing that movie back in 2006. And people clapped at that part because they're like, Bond is back. It's very much like a like a reestablishment of, of the Bond character. The next time I remember them doing the same thing was at the very end of this movie, Skyfall, in 2011. Did, that, did you have that experience with any other movie or is it just me? I do not have a good enough memory to – I see, I tend to remember more like sad moments in movies where people are like, crying than i do people cheering so i don't mean to cut to the end of of skyfall but the end where, where bond seems to have thwarted the terrorist threat um he's like brought london back to a sense of normalcy a sense of regularcy he he's on the roof with the new m who's played by ralph i never know how to pronounce Finnis? his last name F- fiennes Finnis? fiennes fines i think it's fines i think it's fines Ralph Fiennes. He's great. Voldemort. Um, yes. He, who, who, he announces he's going to be the new M. He's going to take over as M. And he says something along the lines of like, you know, you're, you're our, you're our uh, agent. You're our, what is it? He says like something along the lines of like, you're, you're basically the hero that we need, but not the one we deserve. Yeah. But without the plagiarism. Um, I remember people actually like clapping at that. 
and clapping at the very end because he's on the he's on the scene uh, he's on the rooftops of MI6 and you see like the, the you see like the Big Ben and you see like Parliament in the background and it's like it's like Bond be- is is acknowledged as this cultural icon. It's very cool. Uh, it was a very I just remember it being a very neat moment in in in, in uh, cinema. Matt, yeah, I will give you a crisp one hundred dollar bill. If you can okay. guess the last movie I saw in theaters. What? Yep. I will give you a crisp $100 bill if you can guess. And, I, and you will get uh, up to three hints if you oh, ask for what? them. <laughs> Watch me get it. How many guesses do I get? You get three. And I'll, I'll, I'll or you know what? You get four and I'll add a hint each time. Give me, give me the first hint right No, off no, no. Your first guess is free. Okay. My first guess is free? Yes. Secret Life of Pets. Come on. Come on. It seems like such Stop a shot that. movie. Why? I'm almost Sean a little hurt them. by that. I'm a little hurt by that. Okay. Here we go. Clue number one. 2017. Twenty seventeen. That was before that was pre Infinity War. Yes. So it wasn't. I'll give you. A, I'll give you a freebie clue. It's not a Marvel movie. Not a Marvel movie. Movie that Sean would have seen in theaters in 2017 was the really literally the last movie you've seen in theaters. I don't. I don't go to movie theaters. Aren't you the the director of the movie league? Yeah, I don't have to see the movies. I have to. I have to gamble the movies. <laughs> I don't have to see them. That's the best part of it. I don't have to see them. And it's not a it's not a Marvel movie. Take a guess, because you're going to get another clue after this guess. Um, what was the movie where the movie where it's um? I, I'm not going to cheat by googling movies. No, you cannot Google anything. I'm not going to do that. I wouldn't do that. Uh, what was that movie that came out? Just guess anything. That was um really. Like cheesy, but it won a lot of awards. It was directed by Mark Wahlberg. Manchester by the Sea. What was that? A 2017 movie that you saw? No, that's not a movie I saw, and I don't know if it's from 2017. All right, your next clue: Oscar-winning film. Silver Linings Playbook. Is that your guess? Yeah. Wrong. That, and that was definitely that was way earlier than 2017. That's like a 2014-2015 film. Uh, and your final. Animated. I basically have. I feel like I've been in a time capsule since I moved to Virginia, so I don't really. No, I just think all the culture blends together now. That's the problem. It's animated. That's your last me... clue. Whoa, it's animated. That's, and that's your final clue. You're not gonna. Aim... You get one more guess and no more clues. Coco. Yes, he got yes. it. He got Ooh. it. He got it. <laughs> oh my God, he got Coco. it. Nice. And the that animated was a, gave it away. I and have that to be was honest. a movie where the entire theater was crying at the end. I love that movie. That's a great. That is a it is really a a tremendous. Film. It's, a, it's a very good movie. And very. I just sad. learned. I learned a fun fact about that movie today. Actually, um, the so the when the movie debuted in China, the Chinese government have very strict censorship over what can be shown, especially with regards to spirituality and the afterlife, but the censors didn't take a single thing out of the movie. It's 0% censored Wow! because of the close correlation between the reverence for ancestors 
in, in both cultures, Mexican culture and in Chinese culture. Well, yeah, that's neat. And also because the censors were generally moved by the film. Oh, so that's they, great. They took like nothing out of the movie. I love that movie. It's, it's a, a it's really movie. is a very good film. Yeah, it's great. Very good film. Is that the last movie you saw where people clapped? I don't think anyone clapped, but people were definitely crying. Well, they were moved for by for sure. Yeah. I was. I didn't see up. the movie in 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 theaters. I watched it at home at Netflix on Netflix, but. I could tell that, yeah, that that probably was one that, that moved people oh to tears. God. Very good movie. Not very good movie. Okay, anyway, way off topic. I owe I you a Chris Brown dollar bill. But, hey, I'll make a connection. Um, the next movie, when we talk about Spectre, they 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 do like a little Day of the Dead ceremony. They, hey, it, that's we, we're about one movie too early on that. We are. Unfortunately. Um, generally, little takeaways from Skyfall that I noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, the intro makes it seem like it's what we expect from Bond because he's like indoors and he's like – he finds this dead body and he's like this guy was killed this way and that. But then he opens the doors and it's very much like an exotic locale. I feel like it's kind of an attempt to merge the two like Bond yeah. – Bondian themes. It's like it's like Bond as a secret agent but Bond as an exotic locale kind of put in two separate like connotations. I thought that was kind of cool. My, my note on that opening was, in a direct quote here from what I wrote, the opening stunt looks fake as shit. That's what I wrote. <laughs> I wrote the effects were very bad on that stunt. It looked very fake. Of him um, being shot and falling in the water? Is that no, but, but I'm on top of the train and running yeah. through the train and, and the crane hitting the Volkswagen product place Beatles off of the... Off the train car and all that nonsense. So okay. it was fine, but it looked the, the motorcycle chase and over the rooftops and all that. It just looked really fake. That bothers mm. me because I just I love the classic Bond films where those stunts are like they're actually doing the stunts. Um, and so the bad CGI drives me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it seems like it's it's very the whole opening is very paint by numbers. Oh, 100 percent. What I love, the only thing I think is really redemptive about the opening is that it's it's something you expect until the moment where M opens, where M orders the agent to, quote, take the bloody shot. You want to know the craziest thing about that? Yeah. That was in the trailer for the movie. Was it really? Yes. I went back. I So I go back and I rewatch all the trailers for these movies because I just find it interesting and it's a good way to remind me what was in them. Um, it, actually, you'd be shocked for all the Craig Daniel Craig movies. They give the whole plot away in these trailers. Um, and yes, that's the they literally show like almost the entire opening stunt in the trailer and they show him getting shot and falling off the bridge and him coming back. Wow. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, 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 I uh, I didn't watch the trailer. Full confession: I didn't watch the trailers to uh, as a as a method of preparation for this episode. But I mean, I, I I think the whole thing is like that. That's supposed to be the surprise where M is like, take the bloody shot. Like I don't care if you kill Bond, like kill this other guy. I would rather you get the mission done. And it sets up this dichotomy between Bond and M that's necessary for the film but has never really existed before, especially since the last movie ended with M saying, I need you. I need you back on the job. And Bond saying, I never left mm -hmm. a lot. You're right. A lot of these movies have to do with the relationship between Bond and M that have never really been explored before. I think when you get a star, of the caliber of Judy Dench, it's kind of a no brainer. And she is like Oscar winning in this movie. I mean, she's so off the charts, but she's great in all of them. 
And and I'm glad that they not that there was anything wrong with the previous M's, but I think she had uh, it was a really great opportunity for her to show her her acting skills opposite Daniel Craig. Yeah. And Ralph Fiennes, by the way, I think makes a great M inspector as well. So we'll get to that. We get introduced to a new M, Ralph Fiennes, uh, toward the end of the film. It's yeah, kind of a little of bit film. of a surprise because we don't really, well, we, the, the path that M takes, I don't think is really expected or laid out throughout. But the it movie. is one of those things too, where it's like you don't bring in as big of an actor as him and have him in the movie only to not bring him back for the next movie. Right. That's it's one of those true. like little movie cheats you know where you're gonna, like, he's sticking around. You do know he's going to do something. He's going to have some big role. And, and it turns out he is, he does take over as M. Um, the uh, this is the movie that introduces us to uh, the new Q, right? Yes, uh, Ben Whitshaw, the yeah. new quartermaster, who right. I think is very not good in this movie and much better inspector. Yeah, I he, think he has kind of a weird intro in this one. Oh, it, actually, you know, what? I'm gonna be honest. I actually did kind of like the museum scene. Yeah, you did. Where they're looking at the painting. It wasn't great, but I thought like. It's. I think it was a better idea to introduce him outside the lab and then introduce the lab later than it is okay. to introduce him in the lab with the lab coat and all that. Like, if this is a different Bond for a different generation, then mix up how you're going to bring him in. I just think his character in this movie is a little too nerdy, a little too whiny, a little too shy, a little too whatever you want to call it. I think he's funnier Inspector. I think he has more personality Inspector, which is what I like. Yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't... I thought that maybe maybe it's just the actor choice. I thought it was a little bit he was a little self serious for yeah. me for for a cue. Like I could get he was very he's supposed to be very hyper intelligent intelligent like a like a cue for a new age, but he lacked the like Desmond Lewin Llewellyn Desmond Llewellyn the old cue was was intelligent, but he was also light hearted. Oh, he was funny. He was legitimately he, funny. Yeah. He was he had funny lines, he had funny scenarios he was put in. This one seemed like he was going for not like old Q was funny, was it was like smart slash funny, and this one is like smart slash strange. Not quirky, yeah. but strange. Like no. like 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 he had quirks, but not he wasn't like whimsical. He was just like, I've got some quirks to me. I think the I don't know. I think the big difference is that Desmond and the Bonds were kind of operating at the same level where Bond would quip and he would come right back with either, oh, James, or don't joke about that. Or, you know, he kind of matched the Bonds level. And for me, this cue, I think they're trying to make him more of the straight man where he's he's a little more serious and he kind of delivers the information more straightforward. And then Bond makes the crack or Bond makes the joke playing off of him. Which is totally in line with the playing of um, of Q or R, I guess, is colloquially by um uh, Monty Python's John uh, Cleese. John Cleese, yes. Like he he is he's supposed to be like the comical straight man to Bonds. Like like a Bond's gonna mess something up. Like you know I'm I'm gonna be really mad about it. Like that's that's like him. Desmond Llewellyn, I think could like it could go both ways. Like but, he could he could joke about it, but he could also be the the straight serious type. But then that's the issue with this cue is you can't play a serious straight man against Daniel Craig, who is a serious straight man. That's the issue. I feel like this cue against like a Pierce Brosnan or Roger Moore would do better 
because someone in that relationship has to bring in the fun. It's a fun role. They do the goofy gadgets and shit. And they, and by the way, they get away from the goofy gadgets and all the Daniel Craig movies. So you don't even have that fun element. And this movie has a problem. I think Spectre has it a little bit as well. Technobabble and hacker hackers are bad villains in movies. Because they don't do anything. They sit at a computer. And it's there's a whole chunk of the movie where it's just Q at a computer like, oh, it's a, it's a double encrypted code. And how are we? And it's like that. It's like poker. It's like it's not good to watch in a movie like because it's just all code and shit on the screen. Yeah, that was a miss for me in in these movies where Q isn't interesting because he's not doing zany stuff. Right. He's not designing any kind of like crazy invention or I'm not going to get mad at Ben Whitshaw. I don't think he's doing a bad acting job. I just think they've taken the role in a direction that doesn't match up to what it's been historically. Yeah, they they they, they do. They they reinvent the role in a way that I don't I don't fully buy into, I guess. No, but I do think he's better inspector because I think he's a little funnier in that. Um, And I think because he's a little more fighting the system, going off the grid with Bond, I think it gives him more to do. So maybe a lot like we can dismiss the first Craig as, you know, we can kind of forgive him for his for his mis transgressions in the first well, Craig. Maybe we can forgive Q's for his first performance. I mean, Desmond I was pretty unremarkable in Dr. No, if I remember correctly. True. Yeah. You know, you grow into these things. Yeah, you do. You do. I guess, I guess so. Um. Yeah, this this movie went in a lot of a lot of different places. I I think they were trying to go back, you know, it was kind of like back to to its roots, which was a lot very similar to um, Casino Royale, which I guess they kind of was was influenced a lot by Casino Royale, like going back to the roots of Bond. This went all the way back though to like Bond's childhood. Yes, like his life bold in an choice. orphanage. Huge bold choice. Very bold choice, right? It, 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 he, like, we've talked about movies like On Her Majesty's or License to Kill that have brought Bond in onto a personal level, right? Like, it takes the like deified version of Bond as a as a superhuman secret agent, super spy, and puts him on like a human level, um, either with his wife being killed or with his best friend being maimed, and this one brings him all the way back to the beginnings. Yep. Well, at, you know, the therapist mentions like, what about Skyfall? And Bond like, like walks out of the room and he's like, I can't even deal with that. It, it, it goes to a very like psychological place. I think of his upbringing and childhood at the, the Skyfall orphanage. what did you think of that? Matt, I think this is the perfect time to bring up my controversial opinion of this movie. Oh, okay. My tweak. Let's hear the it. Let's hear the tweet. Skyfall. Are you Let's ready? Let's hear the flaw. The flaw. Yep. Okay. The sky flaw. The sky flaw. <laughs> um, from the point in the movie where we're first introduced to our villain, Javier Bardem as Raul Silvia, right? On mm-hmm. that island, on that deserted island, right? All the way through where Bond escapes the hearing with M and they head for Skyfall. That uh, It's probably about a 45-minute to hour-long chunk in the middle of the movie, right? Yep. That kicks ass. That whole section is awesome. Everything before and after it is not very good. That's my controversial opinion on this movie. So I did the not only need... good part is in the middle? Yes. So the opposite of Casino Royale. Yes. 
Whereas Casino Royale, you got the beginning and the end were great. I, I wrote in my notes, this film takes way too long to kick into gear. Everything before introducing Raul Sylvia is useless in this movie. He, they, um, Bond comes back from the dead. M starts getting hacked, all boring. Um, he goes to Shanghai and has the skyscraper fight. Not really that right. interesting. He goes to the casino in Macau with those terrible CGI lizards. Again, not really interesting and not super <laughs> relevant to the plot. It's takes yeah. it's so flat the first chunk of this movie to get into the action. And then, in my mind, Javier Bardem is the best part of this movie and probably my favorite villain of the Daniel Craig era. I think he's off the charts crazy in this movie in a way that I love my Bond villains to be crazy. Where you're like, I legitimately don't know what this guy is going to do next. He's awesome. And I wanted more of him in the movie. And the issue is, well, I'm going to leave the Skyfall stuff for later because I have a whole different set of arguments for that. So I'm going to set that aside for the minute. But that to me is really where the movie is very good. Where he's he's interacting. You know, he takes out the teeth and it's like, oh my God. It's Or he does like the weird like flirting with bond he got he has his hand on like this stuff it's like what is going on he unbuttons the shirt yes i have to agree with you here i i thought he was a phenomenal bond villain he's really good in this he's so like zany but also controlled in a way that's scary yes he's scary actually fear that if this guy was a real guy you would think he was like a like a like a a scary terrorist that, that that is capable of anything. Oh, yeah. I, I, I really appreciated that about about this villain. I thought he he knocked it out of the park. Probably the most underrated Bond villain ever in the franchise. Yeah. I have I a feeling next week when we start talking rankings and stuff, he, he likely in the top five. I think he is absolutely up there. We we absolutely agree on that. A hundred percent. He is sadistic. He's smart. And he's dangerous, and he's he's basically every combination I think of a of a of a potent Bond villain, and I think a good yeah. post twenty ten villain as well. Yes. Where it's like totally. you because you can't do like Moonraker level. I'm going to go to space and create a god race crazy level of guy, right? But they that also can't be too like bored. get laughed off the screen. Like it's that, it's yeah. that like I don't want to. I don't really like this comparison, but it's kind of Joker esque in that where it's like yes. it's serious and it's off the charts, but it's also like. There's something real about this performance that I'm Some really buying. Some people just want to watch the world burn, and that's his whole his yep. whole thing is like I don't care what I get out of this. I don't care what I gain. I just want to cause as much chaos as possible. I love it. Now, it's um, his portrayal is excellent, especially the part where they have him captured. Yes, and he's in like the glass talking case, with M. Oh, and, and you think he's like he's secured and stuff, but he's like no, like I have people out there, and you think that you've got me, but. Like something's about to happen. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, no, he's great. Very well. However, done. I do have to point out his plan is terrible because his plan. Yeah, I, I is never really so... understood his his plan. Yeah, I mean, I get the overarching get revenge on M. Great. Yeah, but to me, the it... worst villain trope in movies: villain gets yeah. intentionally caught to just escape. I hate when villains do that because it doesn't make any <laughs> sense in reality. Or. When they he randomly chases Bond, Bond chases him through the thing, and he's like, "Oh, by the way, a train's gonna crash through the wall now." And you're like, "How do you even plan that?" It yeah. didn't. It didn't make any sense. That was annoying. It, it um it re- it did remind me a lot of Joker. I think they this movie took a lot of oh, influence from absolutely. the Batman movie, like like uh, an insane amount when 100%. you look at it side by side. Um, 
I liked I liked his portrayal. Javier Bardem's portrayal was, yes. was excellent. Yes. The character was well written, but the the it seemed like a little bit of a rehash. The the motivation seemed like a little bit of a rehashing of Goldeneye, where it was like, uh, you know, MI six screwed me. Former agent. So I need to get back at them. Yeah. Like that was kind of Alec Trevelyan's whole thing in sure. Goldeneye, was like you know MI six screwed my parents over. But, so but at I the same time, I appreciated that they took it in a different direction because, and I like both. I like both because I think Sean Bean is very. Like, I'm a professional, I'm a businessman, you know, they screwed me, so I'm going to get them back. Whereas, Javier Bardem loses his goddamn mind and is like, I am, I, I'm not just going to kill you, I'm going to destroy you and everything you love. Right, and, and, make, and I make appreciate everything both. turn against you. It which doesn't is, which feel is what like Batman, a repeat. It happens in Batman. Yeah, yeah it's like, I'm not just going to kill you, I'm going to vilify you, yep. make people hate you, and make people want to end you. And that's, that's his whole thing. Yes. So... Um, um, Sean, I want to take you to a moment and, and I've been, I've honestly, I've been waiting to take you to this moment for movie, for episodes and movies to come. Bring it on. I'm going to take you to this moment. I alluded to this moment way back in the first episode. If you, if you rewind oh, the tape, is this, is this your cameo? This is my cameo. I remembered. You probably know exactly where I'm going, but I'm just going to go don't. there anyway. Okay, good. I'm going to take you to this moment. So way back in the first episode, I said that there would be a perfect time. There's only one moment where I can I can visualize and see Sean Connery, who is still alive today, by the way, and was still alive as of as of not only the recording of this episode, but the recording of this film in 2011. There's only one moment I could visualize him rewalking onto the screen to a, to a tune of probably a universal applause across movie theaters across the world. Here's the moment. Okay. Bond and M travel to Skyfall, right? In Scotland where they're where they're going to be like secured and all right, now you see where I'm going yeah. with this. Well, cuz there's only one other character. There's a moment you see where I'm going. He's in he's in the orphanage. And there's that old caretaker that shows up. Kincaid, played by if, Albert Finney. By by who? Albert Finney. Albert Finney, who looks, I think, looks a lot like an like an kind of like an aged Sean Connery. I think. It, what do you think about this? That moment where Alfred Finney like shows up with a shotgun, but they they pan it from the ground up, and it turns out to be an aged Sean Connery. What do you think about that? Now, how cool would that be? Sean Connery's. You're not saying Sean Connery is like, not as Bond. That okay, would not not in a like BS Star Trek way where they bring no. in old Spock. Okay, <laughs> that would send people down like a loony bit. That drives me. Cr- uh, but uh, as no, as the that's game, not uh, what Bond is about. Just like as a, as a little cameo, we're like we know it's Bond or we we know it's Sean Connery, but he is the orphanage caretaker in like the Bond way. I don't know. I I thought that would be kind of neat if they could somehow. I know it was it's unrealistic that they could secure like Sean Connery's rights, but I thought that would be kind of cool. You know, like as as a Bond fan, as a fan of the franchise, how cool would it be to see Sean like the the guys holding the shotgun? They pan up and then it's Sean Connery holding it. I think that people would go nuts. For I that. would say if you're going to bring him in, I agree with you. That is a good. That's a cute way and and a way that I think ties it all together. Um. 
what I would say is I don't think you need to do that. And also no, there's no there's no need for it at all. It would just be pure fan service. He hasn't acted in a movie since 2003. Finding Forrester. Was that his last no, movie? No, there was or one after that. League of Extraordinary, Extraordinary Gentlemen. Gentlemen. Okay, that was his last. Yes. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yes. But um, but yes, I agree with you. I think that would have been neat. I, I Yeah, I remember mentioning it in the very first episode we did of these Bond films, and I still to this day really wish that was like brought into the film as a, as a cameo moment. I thought it'd be kind of cool. Like to tie it all together. What about? Like, oh wow, that's Sean Connery. Like it, it's come full circle now. You wouldn't do the same with Roger Moore. I like no, just because Sean Connery was the original. He was the he was the original, and I think when you get to that point where you're introducing more, then it's like, well, why not bring in Dalton? Well, why not bring in Lazenby? Like, ooh, more is the original. It, it, it's good bookends, I think. But then again, they came out with Spectre the year later, so he was in Spice World. Roger Moore? I didn't know that. Was he the, like their manager or their No, like, he was the chief. The chief. I don't remember that movie. That's just what the description. Anyway, much off topic. Yeah. Um, um we, Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I thought that would be a I agree. kind of a cool moment. I agree. No, I <laughs> I'm totally with you. Kind of bring him back. Um but they end up killing off M classic character yeah uh, she kind of goes down with the ship in a way right i i here's how i feel about, about the that? end of this movie What's, yeah i i not not that i like the m death but i like the m death scene i think again judy dench holy shit knocking the goddamn ball out of the park this was again. This was her swan song. Uh, uh, was, you know, the writing was there. Get, for get her. her a supporting actress, Nam. Jesus, it's she like was knocking great. The ball out of the park, but like when the ball is set up on a tee. To be honest, I mean, it's it's a superstar, and I thought it played really well. And I'm not even that bummed because I, I I do like these characters rotating in and out, and I think Ralph Fiennes makes a great M as well. So she had a run. She did very well. I'm not beat up that they killed her necessarily, but I thought the ending was good. However. I don't like the rest of the end of this movie for a key reason. Mm. I don't think the action stuff at Skyfall works great. First of all, it's Home Alone. They just do Home Alone, which kind of drives me mad. And I get they're playing it off as like, oh, this is real original spy shit. But no, it's just Home Alone. (laughs) And two, Matt, the end of this movie is so visually dark. I cannot see what is going on in the movie. And it drove me. I was watching it and I'm like, I get why would you set your big action set piece at night in a place I, with no electricity? I didn't even I didn't even realize this when did you see the movie in theaters when it came out? I at midnight, yes I did. I think I was asleep at that point. At no, I'm mo- kidding. The midnight sh- Okay, so I, I I I didn't really have a problem with it in theaters. It was better. Re- on the rewatch, I had a big I have to say I had a big problem with that. I was like very very put off by that. And, and I love stunts and I love explosions, but the explosions in this movie, especially all the, the, the shot squibs blowing off as they kind of just shoot the hell out of that, out of the skyfall is it, it, nothing interesting is honestly happening. It's just a lot of, you know, Craig running with a bunch of behind him. I guess the big explosion at the end is pretty neat. Yeah. Um, just the whole when the whole thing just burns down. And I, and I do like when bond falls under the ice and he uses the flare to, you know, it's like little bits, but I just think overall that whole scene just doesn't doesn't work for me. It wasn't a good ending action piece. 
Yeah, I, they they try to establish a significance that I I don't think was ever like it seems a little forced. It seems a little contrived in a way. It's like they're trying to get us to care about this part of Bond's past that has it's like it's never been mentioned before. It, it's kind of it's a it feels a little artificial. Like we know Bond was an orphan. We know he grew up without his parents. We know that uh, very much like Batman. We know that he uh, was pretty much raised by the. Yeah, he's scared of bats, yes, and, and the Joker. He's a billionaire. It, it really is almost like somebody watched the Batman movies and was like, let's just make a Batman movie, but with Bond. Yeah, but here's the thing. I don't... But without his like whole backstory. like The backstory has to be purely invented for this movie. I, I would love to know your thought on this, Matt. I don't think we need the Bond backstory in this no, movie. I don't think we really do either. I, I think don't as think it far adds as the backstory anything. goes, like, we know he's an orphan. It's established in GoldenEye that he was an orphan that grew up kind of like side by side with 006. And it's not – and he went to Oxford, but he was never really like an Oxford guy because he grew up from this like poor class. Like it's it's established there, but he, you don't need to go back. You don't need to like delve that back into it. It's, well, not, it's not that deep. It's and, just it's not that deep. And I think this is part of the reason I didn't or like this. Or does it go that deep? didn't like this movie in theaters as much as in the rewatch because I hadn't seen quantum of solace and I'd only seen casino Royale once years ago. There's a lot of continuity stuff in this from the previous movies. And I think I didn't understand it as someone who had basically never seen a bond film, you know, who, who knew very little of bond as a whole, like you really have to be invested in these four Daniel Craig movies to really get the full value out of them. You do. Which, which on one hand, invested. I think is an interesting choice. And after now having watched all four of them, I liked some aspects of that. But as someone just coming in and watching one of them, I'm like, am I supposed to know who these people are? I can only imagine like the Q intro to somebody who's never seen a Bond movie before. Yeah, I just thought he like. was some annoying kid. It's just like, oh, this guy knows a lot about paintings. And science. You know, oh, it's going to be the old guy versus the new guy. Thing. You know, it, it's <laughs> it was just it was just odd. It does, and and that's I think the downside to leaning so heavily on the continuity is you lose the value of standalone movies. Yeah. Um, that's uh, that's Skyfall. What do you think of Adele's song? Oh, Adele, well, I first of all, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about the music of James Bond. I got a playlist and I've been listening to it because I do think it's a very interesting part of all of these movies. Um, Jack White and Alicia Keys, Quantum of Solace, which we didn't mention, not a great song. I don't. I do not like it. You don't like that song? I don't like that song. Okay. I like what they're going for. I think it's too overproduced. It doesn't sound like a Bond song because it's so overproduced. What do you mean by overproduced? It just sounds really... It just sounds really produced. It just sounds very... Um, very technical. It's what I like about the Chris Cornell song is it just sounds like him on a guitar. I mean, there's really not a ton to it. Adele, same way. But with those guys, there's all kinds of effects and there's all, and then Jack White does like a weird guitar solo in the middle for no reason. And I don't know. It just, it felt like an okay song, but not a great Bond song. Yeah. I, I really, I really, you, you happen to have gotten, I really like the, I know you Cor- do. Cornell and Adele. Both of them. Oh, I, I Adele's think a no. Did, I think they did tremendous Bond songs. Um, I mean, Adele won the Academy Award for Best Original Song for this. She did. It was tremendous. It's a no-brainer. I, I think it's 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 it, yeah. It's it's kind of universal that it's that it's a great Bond song. I I don't think that Jack White's attempt was bad. No, I don't think it's bad. 
I agree. I don't think it's even like one of the worst Bond songs. It's probably not bottom five. I, I'd say. Honestly, I think I have more. I have more to say about the visual effects of the opening scene for Quantum of Solace than I do about the song mm, itself. I don't I think, know about that. I think the visual effects seemed like they fit better with like a Bond video game. It seemed like they were very. It was very like graphically done in like a. Like I felt like I was like when watching the the visual effects, it feels more like you're playing like a GameCube or Xbox game, like for Bond of Bond, than like watching the film. It's very it's, maybe it's just very because it's very different. Like the perspective is different from a, a regular Bond uh, film intro music sequence. But yeah. I don't know. But um, I thought Skyfall had a great intro. Skyfall did. It, I think I think the music was great. It was it was very And the visual off. I thought was good too. Yeah, the visual of Bond like sinking through the ocean floor and sinking through like all the depths and stuff because it, it's kind of like getting to the core of Bond, which I think was like the the I guess the main premise of the movie was getting to the heart of Bond. Yep. I just wish they did more with that. If they were going to go in that direction then like, why not make Bond's main villain like somebody from his past, like well, his twin brother or something? They saved that for Spectre. I guess they did, but but it was in, it was in a different. It was a miss here. No, I yeah. agree. It was for someone from M's past. Yeah, more so. Um, the very last thing I want to put on Skyfall before we move on to Spectre is this movie essentially reboots the franchise again. We've got a new Q, a new M, a new Money Penny. Okay, James Bond yeah. has sort of exercised many of his demons to me starting specter felt like the start of something new quote unquote and i think skyfall sticks the landing on the reboot exceptionally well exceptionally i got to the end of this movie and i'm like all right i'm already ready for the next one like i'm like all right here we go like we, all the pieces are in place. We spent three movies learning who Daniel Craig's Bond is, where he comes from, what he's been through, what he's motivated by. Now we can get into the real James Bond shit. That's yes. I got really excited at the end, and I thought they did. A, as, now that I've seen these three as a as a trilogy, I'm like, okay, I get it now, and I like what they've done. I get it, even with the mismatch and quantum. I'm like, all right, I get the continuity. This is working for me. Yeah, I was I was gonna say to me, it's like it's like. Casino Royale starts where it's it, we're we're look we're just tracking the development of Bond as a character like Bond from from square one yep. all the way up to double O status all the way up to uh, we see his first kill we see his first like mission how he he kind of blows it yep literally and figuratively uh, we see him move to more like M is putting a lot of faith in him, a lot of trust in him. He's got like the big score where he's he can't fail. Um, that's that's Casino Royale, and then we move to Quantum of Solace where he he takes a little bit of a revenge route, but he knows when to stop himself. Like he like he ends it at the end with like I didn't kill him, I just I pushed him to the edge. Where it's like we we kind of by the end of Quantum, I think we're we're established the Bond character is kind of set in stone. Yep. And then that's where Skyfall begins with this Bond character established. But now it's his relationship to the other people around him. Right. That has to be reinvented. With the loss of like, M. And... With the loss of M, the, the, the recreation of a new M, a new Money Penny, a new Q. It's like all these people around the Bond that has now been recreated. Yeah. Yeah. Which, well, is, which is pretty neat. It's, a, it's an interesting and unique way to re to revamp your franchise to re to restart your franchise basically i think we can we can we can agree that all all four of these craig movies 
I know we haven't gotten to Spectre yet, but all of them are, are probably better than Die Another Day, right? Would you say, would you agree with that? You know, what What, what was your sort of uh, fake award you made for effort earlier? Oh, your, for Phantom of Solace, my booby prize? Your booby yeah. prize? I yeah. give a special booby prize because I like just how stupid Die Another Day is. Yeah. So, to be fair, but in terms of being a movie, yes, no, they're better. Look, they're better as a set than individually. I'm going to come right out and say that. If you if you said the Roger Moore films, they're better individually. Don't mix and match the Moore films. But these movies make a better set. If you're like, here's Quantum of Solace, it's a standalone movie. I'm like, that's not a very good movie. Even, no. even no, Casino Royale I have issues yeah. with. Yeah. But once you put them together and you see what they're, you're right, it's like a 6, 10, whatever hour movie. Mm -hmm. is really what you're getting here. But that's, I think, I really want to talk about Spectre because I would argue there is carryover, but there's also not. And I'm kind of annoyed at the carryover in this film because they should have just shut that shit down at the end of Skyfall. But Spectre 2015, uh, as we mentioned, uh, 148 minutes, very long, um, made $880 million at the box office. Daniel Craig is back, and we've got a whole new set of characters, Matt. What did you think? I want to start with the opening of Spectre. Uh, Dia de los Muertos. Um, yeah. Fun fact: uh, mm -hmm. it the, took place in the uh, scene take took place in Mexico City, uh, where there is no major Day of the Dead parade. They actually made that up no. for the movie. Yeah. Um, However, okay. Following the movie, they actually started a parade, and the oh. idea came from the movie because people were like, "Why isn't this a thing?" And then, like the year after the movie came out, they had the first ever parade in Mexico City. I really like that. Yeah, it's, it's a nice story. It's kind of cool. Yeah, like they kind of left a, an imprint on them. Um, I was going to say that the the two things about the intro. Number one is that uh, it's the very first intro we get that starts with just a block of text. Yes. It says the dead are walking, and and that was kind of jarring from a like a a perspective of a Bond movie. I don't really know where they got that idea from to start it with like a text box. It almost reminded me of like, like a hearkening back to maybe like silent films that used to have like text boxes and then they would show you like actions. That was kind of cool. The second thing is that it reminded me a lot of live and let die because of all the, oh, like, sure. the, the skeletal imagery and Absolutely. like the, that was, and, um, I thought it was it was it was interesting. A lot of it was it was kind of like Live and Let Die merged with Spy Who Loved Me, right? Because it had like the helicopters. That was kind of interesting. Yeah I, yeah, I thought I actually really liked the opening a lot. My note here was opening looked expensive was what I wrote. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Um, starting with that great continuous shot mm -hmm. that went on for a really long time, oh, yeah. which again. With the digital effects, it's easier to do now than it was before, but still, it looks really cool and something we hadn't seen in a Bond movie before. I might put you. I might. I might be putting you on the spot here. Yeah. But was this movie out around the same time as Birdman by chance? Um, I will look that up. But I'll I, also I kind of sense like a. I I sense like a theme with these movies where it's like. They're just copying Casino Royale, Born, Born Identity, um, Skyfall, the Batman movies. It's like they just catch, they catch influences of the the popular movie du jour. I agree with you, and lending credence to your theory is uh, Spectre came out in 2015, Birdman in 2014. Okay, but at the same time, I'm I just think instinctually I'm like 
I don't know. Like, what are the see, odds it, of that? It just see. I mean, I don't know. I think they're pretty good. It it's seems a good. Like, it's a good theory. It seems like the people that made this movie saw Birdman. And they were like, oh, a whole movie based around basically, essentially one continuous shot, and it won a bunch of awards. Hmm. Like, let's maybe let's investigate that, and yep. we'll do that for our opening shot. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's really it's kind of interesting to point out, like the the. The um, it used to be that Bond was kind of a trendsetter, and now it's it's kind of the opposite. That it's whatever's in the Craig one is the Craig series, and it's not because of the actor at all. I'm just labeling it. No, based it's the way on, they're written. Right. It's like now we're taking on the identity of other movies. I find it very interesting. In I'm just waiting for there to be superheroes in the next one. Um, right. Thanos shows up, and he's the new supervillain. <laughs> for the next bond box. fighting thanos i actually would be very on board with that right the villain is he's trying to reduce the world's population and he's gonna do it with a snap of his fingers yeah now i and i also thought the helicopter action was super well shot i gotta give credit to uh to director uh sam mendez who also did uh skyfall before it i think he did a really nice job with that helicopter fight felt like a more classic bond action scene um, and I enjoyed it very much. So I thought the opening was really good. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was, um, it seemed like a merging of a lot of flavors of bond all at once, which, which I thought, I don't think was a bad thing. I think it was, it was, it was generally pretty good. What do you think of the opening, the, the title theme? Okay. Sam Smith writings on the wall is unequivocally a bottom five bond song. I mean, it's yeah. bad. It's bad. It's truly bad. It's like it's, it's beyond forgettable. I it's wouldn't say it's bad. Lulu bad, but I would say it's Madonna bad. Die another day. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to think of my bottom five here, but it would probably be those Lulu, Die Another Day, this song, uh, Sheena Easton. You only live twice. Yeah, that was that was was that Sheena Easton or was that was that I thought that was um, oh I'm mixing them up, aren't I? I don't know. I thought that was Sinatra. Oh, for your eyes only. For for your yes. eyes only. You're right. Yeah. For your eyes only. Yeah, that's not a good one. <laughs> no, um, it's very forgettable. Um. Uh. No, you're if you're referring to your only live twice, that I think that was. Uh, oh, tomorrow never dies is very bad. Oh no, I, I don't even remember tomorrow never dies. That was I, a that's Cheryl how bad Crow. it was. Tomorrow never dies. It's bad. Yes, so forgettable. So Goldeneye, would... I didn't think was great either. I thought it was okay. Uh, Tina Turner. Tina Turner's Goldeneye. Golden... Yeah, I thought it got the job uh-huh. done. But okay. God, Madonna die. <laughs> that was oh weird. God. Yeah, it's really bad. Okay, anyway, we're getting off topic. Um, and then the tentacle sex opening. Yep. Where the ladies are getting covered with the tentacle. I thought it was oh, fine. Sure. I thought the okay. graphics were fine. The song was very... I'm I'm like legitimately upset it won the Academy Award and Golden Globe that year. I, I'm confused. Writing's on the wall. I, I, well, I, I, wanna, I want some like clarification. Well, I can give you some because I had to yeah. literally go and look up what it was competing against. And okay. in 2015, it was competing against Earned It from Fifty Shades of Grey, Till It Happens from You from The Hunting Ground, which I don't know what that is, Manta Ray from Racing Extinction, which is a documentary, and Simple Song Number 3 from Youth. So basically, it had no competition, if I'm being honest. So, yeah, all right. So you know, cause it wasn't like a like big wind, animated film or a Disney song. or Because the next year was Trolls, Moana, La La Land, like actual songs. Well, yeah, it was never going to be. You know, the, the next year the was right. Coco. The year after that was A Star Coco. is Born. Like big movie. There was Remember just, me. it had no yeah. competition. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Yeah. 
Oh, what a great Coco was such a good movie. It really, you know, in the shame really was phenomenal. And, mm-hmm. and, and Pixar does this. And the reason movies like Coco don't get enough attention is because you can't make toys out of Coco. That's true. There's a reason why they've made three cars film and it, or or finding Nemo films. It's because they can sell a crap ton of merchandise for that. Cars is yeah. literally toys. Like that's never thought of Toy that. Story yeah, really is literally can't, toys. You can't make toys out of it. Yeah. But it's Coco it and what's people. the other? It's like Up and like even Wally to some degree. It's like you can't make toys out of these movies. That's why Disney doesn't care about them. Yeah. So that's what bums me out is even, it'll never get Even attention. Monsters, Inc., I, I guess you could like kind of, but it's not. It's They're more not cuddly like, character. The issue is like the old man in Up isn't getting an action figure, you know? Sure. Right. But maybe the dog in Up would. But, and I think he has. Like, yeah, bit. but he's not the main character. No. No. Yeah. You, yeah that, there's a reason why they don't do movies like those anymore. No. It's true. You, you can't franchise them. Oh, God. Coco is so good. It's a great Such movie. a good movie. Yeah. Very good. Um, Spectre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Spectre. Where do you want to start on this one? So we've gotten um, through the theme song. We enter the movie. Um, I all right. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start right with a statement. Okay. I wish. I wish the villain were better. In well, this movie, this might be a controversial opinion, but I, I, I wish he was I don't think better. I don't. Think I wish that I agree Christoph Waltz was a better villain. I, I feel like he he didn't exude his full potential in this movie. But I don't he think held it's his back fault. And I don't know why. I don't think it's Christoph Waltz's fault. I think the biggest mistake this meld made was Blofeld. It shouldn't have been Blofeld. It should have never been Blofeld. That was the mistake this movie made. It was very reminiscent. Did I see Star Trek Into Darkness with you? I think yes. I did. You did. You did. Okay. We, we, that was one of the rare crossovers that we saw in theaters we had, together. We had Vietnamese yep. food with Phil. Yeah. And then we went and saw Star Trek Into Darkness. Star Trek Into Darkness. Yes. yes. But the it, villain of that movie was not Christoph Waltz. No, it was Zachary Quinto, but they did the same yes. thing where he's a rebooted Khan. No, not Zachary Quinto. Or no, um, I'm sorry. No, he plays Spock. It's the uh, Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. Thank you. Yes, he was He was the rebooted Khan. Right. And every, it's, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's the Everybody same thing. Everybody saw him coming. And it, but it's like, why? But it, and it's, and it, when he was revealed, it's like, yes, of course he's the villain. We all knew that. Like, like when you see when you see Wrath of Khan, or when when you see Star Trek Into Darkness, like you know Khan is going to be the villain. You're hoping along the line somewhere it's going to get circumvented, but then when it doesn't, you're like extremely disappointed by that. Same thing with this movie. You're 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 hoping beyond all hope. That somehow this movie will get cer- the, the villain will get circumvented and it won't be Khan, or, or in this case Blofeld. it won't be Blofeld. Yeah. But then it does turn out to be Blofeld. Blofeld. And you're like, of course it's Blofeld. We knew it. And the movie is called Spectre. Of course it's going to be Blofeld. But what but makes what- even less sense about that, and I think the Blofeld thing is even worse because you know the last time Blofeld was in a James Bond movie, it was when he got was it when he got dropped into. The I'm not counting time? that because they technically legally never call him Blofeld. That was, yeah, so the that last was time he had a speaking like role in a movie. Okay. Uh, Di- Diamonds was it? Diamonds are Diamonds forever? in 1971, yeah. Matt. Okay. Wow. So Long everyone who ago. went and saw this movie, either you're a diehard Bond fan who okay maybe gets excited about this, or you're a normal person who's like, who's the crazy guy? Blofeld who? Never heard of him. Like, right. that's most people watching this movie. Like, it was so unnecessary, especially after you have, have Javier Bardem being great in the previous movie as an original villain, uh, Mads Mikkelsen being a good original villain. 
I, it just, it's like, why? Gold, and I get it's because, hey, great, good news, guys. We settled with the Spectre people. We can use Spectre again. It's like, but you don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to. And, and just because you fact, bought it, it doesn't be, mean you have to use it. Right. And, and it would be better if, like, just saying, if you were going to introduce Spectre as the villain of your movie, maybe don't call the movie Spectre. Spectre, yeah. Maybe real call subtle it guys. something else. And then it can be like a pleasant surprise slash callback to the true Bond fans when you do reveal that the villain in your movie is Spectre. Yes. Or, or, or Blofeld as the head of Spectre. And if you call the movie Spectre, everybody's going to be waiting for that reveal. And then when they get it, it's not a surprise because we, we've kind of expected it. Um, well, I, I think it would have done – it just would have done like much better if they had reve- – like called the movie something else and just waited till the reveal. But well, and it drove me mad because at right, even knowing the name and even starting to watch it, I'm like, didn't you spend a whole movie building a new villain organization called Quantum? Right, but then like, they retcon it. Do it that. Is, Quantum is a part of Spectre. I, which is like, okay, so now they have like divisions. <laughs> like Spectre is an umbrella corporation. They have chapters. Like it's it's kind of like the Knights of Columbus. Oh my Sean, God. It's, it's confusing. Like, yeah, it is a little confusing, but um. I don't think that I, I don't I don't really have a problem with Christoph Waltz specifically. I think he I guess I think he tries his best in this. It's it's just I wish that they it's a had bad character because it's confusing. And then it's like but then he's connected to Bond's past in a way you only understand least, if you saw the previous movies. Yeah, you have to be like a diehard fan. But it, but at least they didn't do the thing from Wrath of from a. Uh, Rather, wrath, um, wrath of darkness into darkness into darkness, where they, where they, um, they're like, oh no, we promise, it's not Khan, it's not Khan, it's not Khan. Oh wait, it's Khan, it's, it's Khan, it's Wrath of Khan. At least they didn't like interlude. They didn't, they didn't treat the fans like they were idiots, which is exactly what the fans um, felt like Star Trek movies did. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I know. My I wrote in my notes direct quote: "This Blofeld sucks." This Blofeld blows. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and his bad guy plan is weak sauce, I wrote. Again, another hacking villain, which I'm like, that's not. Yeah. And then that's it's like. kind of like the supervillain du jour. But though. he also, we spend so little time on his plan and he never really explains what he's going to do with it. Because it's the Nine Eyes program where they're going to connect the intelligence organizations uh, of all these major countries around the world. Um, Blofeld has an inside man. At the British intelligence, um, C, as he's called in the movie. Uh, I, I think that character is a little underused as well. Who's the actor who plays him? It's Andrew Scott, mm, um, who I okay. thought would have been better. You may know him from Sher- uh, BBC's Sherlock. Um, yes, yeah, he's he's really good in Sherlock. Yeah, he could have yes. been he could have been better in this, but underutilized. Yeah, but. I get okay, so Bluff is like, okay, I'll have access to all of this information. But then he never says what he does he ever say what he's gonna do with it? <sighs> Other than be powerful and do just, bad I, things? He's just gonna use, he's gonna take his bad guy organization and spread it over the MI6 like influence. I mean, at least all the Something other Something about computers and, and the internet. You know, I think mean, that's all I, I got I, from this. It it was lame. Yeah. It was lame. The whole introduction in the crater, I thought, was really kind of lame. Where they're, like, walking around the meteorite, and they're talking, oh, you know, oh, it's a powerful force that hit the Earth. And I'm like, what does this have to do with anything? It's so slow. They they kind of build up to this moment 
there's two moments where it's like the double reveal. Like the first reveal is you see like Christoph Waltz's face is like shaded out. He's in like this like covert meeting yep. and Bond is like spying on him. And, and you, you, you like want to, you want to like maintain some kind of mystery, but the name of the freaking movie is Spectre. Like, you know, this guy is going to be the head of Spectre. I, I, I just wish they had like circumvented it in a way where it's like, Oh, like it turns out that Christoph Waltz is the head of some other like maybe have quantum be this like fringe organization that's like trying to do all this stuff and mm-hmm. then bond like shuts him down. And then you have one guy like escape from this, from the, the shutdown. And, and then he's like, like he sees you all the time. He's specter, like he's spectating and kind of like the little Joker calling card by at the end of, um, of Batman Begins, mm-hmm. where it's like he's he left a calling card, so you know the next movie will set it. Up. I, that's just like a, I guess, a simple way to circumvent it. But when you call the movie Spectre, like you, you know it's coming. You know that, the, like the whole movie's basically been spoiled for you. And the worst thing for me, yeah, they retconned Spectre. It's no longer an acronym. It's just a word. Right. It's just a dude. It's, yeah. It's no it's longer like, the. Uh... What is it? Now I gotta go. Oh what God. it stood it, for? It, I, I, it's it's such a long, <laughs> like like crazy. I'm pretty sure when they wrote it, they were like, let, like they they thought of the acronym first. Fleming probably thought of the acronym first and was like, let me make a a shady organization out of this. It's like Society for the uh, Prevention of. Now I gotta look it of, up. Of of, of of a whole bunch of stuff. Uh oh, Spectre. Boy, a lot of things are called Spectre, isn't it? Spectre, <laughs> an evil organization. The Special Executive for Counterintelligence, Terrorism, Revenge, and Extortion. Okay. Not great. Um, mm. Anyway, okay, so I I agree with you on everything we've said. I want to say something nice about the movie. Okay. If I may. Because I didn't think it was bad. I thought it had good moments. I liked... I liked some of the action in the movie. Um, the Aston Martin chase that they did throughout the city. Uh, and what was it then? No, it wasn't Venice. It was Austin. No. Where was that earlier in the movie? I don't remember, uh, but I thought it was good. Uh, um, Daniel Craig was really quippy. Uh, they did some jokes like where they had the switches in the car and once it like air and he flipped it and like the air conditioning turned on or whatever. Like I thought some of that was actually kind of funny. Um, and I liked in this movie, the team up of M and Q and Money Penny and Bond, and they had some funny moments and they had some serious moments and they were working behind the scenes and it was them against the world. I thought all of that worked really well in this movie. That was the part I really liked, the funnier moments. It felt more James Bondy in that respect, um, as they were working together against the system. So that that was probably my favorite thing in the movie. I also got to shout out uh, Dave Batista, who played Mr. Hinks in the film, had one word in the whole movie. He didn't talk the whole movie, but the action was great. The fight scene on the train, I thought was very good. Uh, it was shot very well, very exciting. Um, and so that part was good as well, I would say. Yeah. Um, honestly, I, I don't, I don't really remember too much about this movie sure. besides like the major reveals. Like I, I, I like the end. I, do you think there was a, was there a callback to, um, man with the golden gun 
remember when they when they first like when the Spectre reveal is kind of solidified, mm-hmm. where like throughout the movie it's like no, he's not Spectre, he's not Spectre, he's not Spectre, and then you get like he's Spectre. They're in like a fun house kind of thing where it's like there's little signs that are pointing in like his direction. Oh yeah, in the uh, in the yeah. soon to be demolished MI6 headquarters. Yes, I I got like there was some kind of of callback to. Man mm, with I could Golden see that. Gun. I could in see that, that like man with a golden gun runs like a like a fake museum type building and I don't know I I kind of saw like some kind of callback to that um yeah. funhouse mirrors and and I, like I I could see kind of where what it was what it was reaching for in that in that respect but again you name your movie Spectre like you know you know what's coming. Uh, I want to hit on a couple quick things before we begin to wrap up Spectre. Uh, let's talk about Dr. Madeline Swan, the daughter of Mr. White, the Bond girl of the movie, played yeah. by Leah Sado, French actress. Um, Matt, this was one of those Bond... So there are Bond movies where Bond has sex with a girl and forgets about her, and then there are the Bond movies where Bond has sex with a girl and then they fall in love. Uh, a Vesper Lynn type. Um, apparently this is one of those movies, they fall in love. I would argue there's never been a Bond film where I fought, thought the falling in love was earned, including this movie. Um, I didn't think it was with Vesper. I didn't think it was with Madeline because um, it's kind of they don't do anything that proves to me they should fall in love and it would get Bond to retire. But whatever. Um, she plays she's plays a major role in the film. And by the way, has been confirmed she will be returning for the next Bond film. Is that is that so? Yes. OK. They've already announced her casting. Okay, that has that uh, that's never happened before, right? That's kind of like unprecedented. I mean, you. I wrote in my notes. I said, <laughs> "How is it that four movies later, and we're still talking about Vesper?" So it's not that she appears in the later movies, but she definitely does have carryover. But you're right; otherwise, it's pretty rare. Oh, I, I don't know if that's a if that's a good if that's a good idea. I, I feel like most people, besides us, who had to watch these movies and like do research i think most people have kind of moved on well is that fair to say i don't because we'll i think probably next week i don't think tonight but next week we're gonna talk about bond 25 the next bond film yeah what we know about the plot is that Mm -hmm. um bonds on vacation in the tropics that's that's all we know and and a scientist has been murdered or something he goes missing and felix asks him to help investigate my guess yeah. is is that swan is at least in the first part of the movie on that vacation the question is how far into the movie does she last does she he's get... on vacation and i think he's also retired right like he's semi-retired something like that yeah something like, like, a, that. like an extended vacation yes mm-hmm. um so the question is how much is swan involved right okay. she could be for just the first 10 minutes and you know they pull a tracy and make her disappear she could do half the movie the whole movie i don't know that'll be interesting to see yeah I don't know if it's a great. I mean, we'll talk more about this next year, but I don't. The uh, next next episode, but I I don't know if the next Bond film, which I think is is scheduled to release next year, if that's if that's such a great idea to um, rehash the the uh, Lind. I mean, they're they're triangle. gonna they're gonna keep doing it until yeah. they get bored with it. I mean, you know, they show no signs of stopping. It's been. It's been what six years since the last. It's been a long time. It'll end up being yeah about five years since mm-hmm. Spectre. Five or six years. Yeah. yeah. By the time the movie comes out. 
Yeah, but uh, it's but the weird thing is they keep ending these movies like they're rebooting, like they end Skyfall, yeah. and they're like, all right, it's a reset, and then they don't, and then they end Spectre, and we can talk about the end of the movie where um, Blofeld is on the bridge, and on one end you have M, and on the other end you have uh, Dr. Swan, and he has to decide whether or not he's going to execute the heavily injured Blofeld. He chooses not to shoot the gun, and again, it's a reset. It's a reboot, and I'm like, but are you actually going to reboot? Are you actually going to, like, he's right. a different man now? Like, I, they can't quite decide. I don't know. We'll, we'll, have, to, we'll have to find out next week with our, uh, our Bond 25 episode. Yes, indeed, Matt. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that just about wraps us up on Spectre, unless sure. you have any other thoughts. No, that's about it. That's about it. A yeah. fine film. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah, this was uh, this was an interesting uh, an interesting direction. I think that the Bond films went in. I it will was, say, uh, coming yeah. into this whole series, I was like, Daniel Craig is not a great Bond, and his movies aren't good. And in rewatching them, I have greatly changed my opinion. I think so. I'm that happy you're, about that. You're probably in the same mindset as most most people. Most people. But again, you have to see all four for it to really, or at least the first three, for it to really be good. I feel like it you, is, you lose a big chunk. Yeah, it's it's curious in that way, where it really it really does seem like it, it you know kind of like one flows into the other. But then again, yeah. Skyfall, the highest grossing Bond film ever, I think Casino Royale is number two. I mean, that's also the rise in ticket prices, but still, mm. they're successful, no doubt about it, and they're going to be bringing back another one. I have to say, in closing, like what what a really what an accomplishment by these. Uh, like they they didn't just continue bond into a new age which they they easily could have but they reinvented bond as a character which which took a lot more a lot more work and a lot more um kind of bravery in a way so i i I have to give the craig bonds a lot of credit it's like we're not just going to move bond into the 21st century we're going to reinvent him and and kind of rethink him which which takes a lot more effort but in the long run, I think I think it's it's very much paid off. I think it, it mostly think the, works. Yeah, the the bond that they're going to get in the future is is much more one that's much more conducive to the changes they've made. Yes. Well, Matt, and, mm-hmm. and I want you to think about this question. Don't answer it tonight, but think about it for next time. Yeah. Should Bond continue? Yeah. A lot we'll, of people. A lot of we'll people are saying these movies don't make sense to keep making. Well, yeah, well, that's something we'll talk about next. Good question. Sure. Uh, Mm -hmm. Guys, uh, Matt, that's it. We've gone through all 24, 25 movies. We have. Isn't that unbelievable? I didn't think it could be done and we did it. Um, And the great thing is next week we're going to have a big time wrap up episode uh, where we're going to go ahead and make some big final calls. We're going to talk our top villains, our top bad guy plans, our top bond girls our favorite songs our favorite films and of course we're ultimately going to rank the bonds themselves uh and determine which is i won't say the best our favorite probably is more accurate to say which Um, bond is the bondiest i think that's going to be the hardest question to answer because yeah they're all good none of them are bad it'll be worth talking about we'll get into a lot of different we're going to definitely debate for sure there will be debate i guarantee it I'm up for it. It's, oh, I sure hope so, Matt, because we'll be doing that next time. But I have to thank everybody who joined us this time on this episode. It's been a blast. Uh, Thank you for sitting through nearly two and a half hours of our blathering. 
Uh, we appreciate it. You can get all the past episodes in this series or any episode we've ever done at upfordebate.tv or wherever you get podcasts. Uh, check us out in the feed. You can also subscribe to us on Twitter at upfordebate.tv or email us upfordebate.tv at gmail.com. Um, that's going to do it for Matt and myself. Come back as we wrap up this great series. But until then, on behalf of Matt, I'm Sean. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time on a Bonfield episode of Up for Debate Presents. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Matt Mariani and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.